taking seven people, each of whom has a real life reason to wish you harm, gathered them together on a remote island and placed the idea of your murder in their heads. In 2019, Ryan Johnson released a long-awaited murder mystery he wrote and directed called Knives Out. Ryan had the idea after finishing his debut film, Brick, in 2005, which we've previously covered. It kept getting pushed back as Ryan took on other projects like Looper and The Last Jedi. It starred Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, the world's greatest detective, who was called in to investigate the murder of a murder mystery novelist named Harlan Thrombey. I read a tweet about a New Yorker article about you. The last of the gentleman's sleuths? You solved that case with the tennis champ? <laughs> You're famous! Each of Harlan's family members had a reason to want to kill him, and his whole family was there the night of his death, all celebrating his 85th birthday. My presence will be ornamental. You will find me a respectful, quiet, passive observer. During the COVID pandemic, Ryan Johnson decided to write another standalone film for when he could travel again. Much like Agatha Christie's famous Hercule Poirot, Ryan decides to include Benoit Blanc, but put him into a different standalone story. In November 2022, after premiering it at TIFF, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, was released on Netflix. Ryan, being a smart writer, set the story in Greece, so he could go travel there on the film's dime. Edward Norton stars as Miles Braun, a billionaire tech CEO of the company Alpha, who's as ruthless as he is prone to use nonsense tech jargon. This entire day. The predefinite detective. A veritable minefield of malapropisms. The infraction point. And factual errors. Miles Braun is a parody of, well, definitely idiot who has fooled us all, Elon Musk. Look into the clear center of this glass onion. <laughs> Miles Braun is an idiot. But also that disruptor Silicon Valley aesthetic. Because as it turns out, nobody wants you to break the system itself. That is what true disruption is. In fact, the disruptors is what he calls his friend group, which includes Catherine Hahn as liberal governor Claire DeBella, Kate Hudson as fashion designer Birdie J, a Twitch streamer and men's rights activist named Duke, played by Dave Batista. And the answer is no, Jimmy Kimmel. Not hate boobs. And Leslie Odom Jr. as Lionel, the head scientist at Alpha. They all get invited to Greece for a pandemic vacation that doubles as a murder mystery game thrown by Miles Braun. Also invited is Miles Braun's original partner, Andy, played by Janelle Monet, who Miles Braun iced out of Alpha a couple years before. Everyone in Miles' friend group has benefited from his billions, and they're all ruthless in their own right. They also, it turns out, all have a reason to want to hurt Miles, as he is holding something over each of their heads. And he's about to release Clear, an unstable hydrogen fuel that might bring them all down. That's a new solid hydrogen fuel. It's incredibly powerful. It's radically efficient. Zero carbon emissions, and it's derived from abundant seawater. I call it Clear, with a K. Benoit Blanc shows up after getting an invitation, which it turns out wasn't sent by Miles. At least that's the story he tells on his unexpected arrival. Halfway through the story, after Benoit Blanc stops Miles' game, it becomes clear that isn't actually how Benoit Blanc got an invitation. Andy's sister, Helen, came to him for help after Andy was found dead in her garage and enlisted him to help solve the mystery. 
It turns out Andy was planning on going public with the information that she came up with the idea for Alpha on a napkin, bringing down Miles Braun. The whole case was based on intellectual ownership of the company's founding idea. Each character has the motive and had the opportunity to have Andy killed as they each went to confront her. Helen and Benoit Blanc must figure out who did it. I'm proposing that you come with me to that island as your sister. That's Cassandra Brand. What? Anyway, before I introduce the panel, let me say, please like this video and subscribe to the Movie Night Extravaganza YouTube channel. Also, we are now monetized, so if you have any pressing questions during this live show, send us a super chat. We are absolutely obligated by international law, human rights law, to answer it. We also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash extra. All of our after parties are available on there forever. Okay, let me introduce the panel. Jandrew World, illustrator, book cover artist, comic designer, and artist for Give Them an Argument, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, and Bad Takes. Conan Neutron, co-host of Movie Night Extravaganza, host of Britonic Reversal, and frontman for Conan Neutron and the Secret Friends. Christina Oaks, when she's not dog-sitting, you can find her streaming on Twitch at twitch.tv slash cosmopolitics. You can find her on Twitter and Instagram at, at @cosmopolitics. Throw her some subs on Twitch. KT Baldessaro is an actress, director, and writer who wrote and co-directed and also starred in Girl in the Basement, along with appearing in quite a few horror movies. I, of course, am your Academy Award-nominated host in the supporting role, Forrest Miller. Let's bring out those nominees. Let's bring out those nominees. Let's do it. I, I like that. It's just like, oh, there's just too many horror movies he's been in to mention. I just can't possibly. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, I couldn't possibly. I couldn't possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, KT, of course, will be with us momentarily. Uh, hey, um, yeah, Oscar month, man. This is a... Uh, so this is... A lot of people are confused why it's in for... Um, Best adapted screenplay. It's because it's a sequel. Yep. Some people don't know that that's that's uh, when sequels, which are rare, are nominated or win for Oscars, they qualify for the best adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. Just throwing that out there for folks that for, first saw this know. movie immediately when it came on Netflix. As soon as I heard that the sequel was happening, I was like, "It's gonna be yeah. great." I mean, obviously, it's good as the first one, but. Yeah. I was like, oh, Netflix, let's go. Let's go. I have to say, though, it's really hard to see uh, Edward Norton um, after watching uh, Death to Smoochie. It's really hard to see him like talking about, oh, well, I made this, uh, you know, I made this out of abundant seawater. And with that voice and it's like, oh, my God, this is this is uh, this this, this screams fucking, uh, you know, Death to Smoochie. And you know what? Maybe Rainbow Randolph is the one who. uh, R.I.P. to a legend. Yeah. Rainbow Randolph. Comes back from the, that's Robin Williams coming back from the dead. He comes back in the middle of this movie to, <laughs> to finally got you guys. <laughs> I, I also love the fact that Daniel Craig is really embracing like his post Bond era career where he's playing some interesting roles that you wouldn't expect. Yeah, really showing like, off no. his like how versatile he is. He, uh, I think, I think he kills it as Benoit Blanc even more than he does as Bond. Like he's yeah. kind of, I mean, he's kind of created that himself. Like he's created that character, created that accent. Like, oh, she's gone again. Uh, every every single, uh, you know, 
like like that's that's something that he's fully embodied as opposed to like James Bond where you're kind of just playing something that like you know everyone has played already. Well, he gets to put his own authorship on it, right? And and like yeah, he gets to eat it up a little bit. I mean that that accent, you know, alone. Yes. Not not the least of which is apparently his character is is uh live in partners with Hugh Grant, so that's okay. Yeah. Uh, live in live in romantic partners. Um, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They, they confirm that he is in fact gay and I like that it's extremely subtle. Like I like that you it's, it's like subtle. oh they could be roommates or they could be uh you know like partners and then afterwards it's like no they're partners. That's what I Hugh Grant's just there for the uh, pandemic, you know <laughs> And and I also like that it's another uh, you know one of like the most famous possible British actors, like uh, yeah, it, you know, well, exactly, yeah. yeah. And it's not just like an actor; it's like oh, it's Hugh Grant, who like, yeah. everyone knows who Hugh Grant is. Well, I, and I think that well, one of the reasons that I was so excited, like Christina, to to see this, and I saw it like right when it came out, is because I thought the first one was a blast. I thought it was a very fun movie, and and yeah. like, are there things about it that are silly? Yes, of course. It's supposed to be comedic people yeah. um but like i was very pumped because i was like oh that's awesome and like again i feel even more so now if there's one of these every year great yeah i'm in I like, <laughs> like I like the, um, the original one is kind of like one of those old money uh but like liberal kind of families you know what i mean like yeah. it's definitely like they're in i mean they're in like fashion they're into no uh, wonder Elon I mean, Musk you know, hated this writing. one because it's about him but uh but well, it's like, yeah i mean yes <laughs> but this one this one takes aim at like the more conservative side of silicon valley so i kind of find both of those things fascinating hey marcos stevie everyone's everyone's saying hello mm. all right good well, evening good evening <laughs> also too I, you know what even though this is very reminiscent of like an agatha christie it also reminds me of clue because of the yeah the that, that's the first thing i thought of. yeah mm -hmm. yeah 100 100 and and like and I think this one more so too. Yeah, definitely this one. <laughs> For I sure. I love that they straight up reference it too, and he's like, "That's the dumbest game. I hate that game." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and see how they run, which also came out this year, which has Sam Rockwell and um, uh, uh, Sirius Ronan from uh, um, Lady Bird. Yeah. Very good. And even if you think this is Agatha Christie style, I mean, Jesus, it's like, but they make they they like definitely acknowledge that within that. And that, and that one's good, but it's sort of like, oh yeah, this is like a little bit GoBots version of Knives Out. Yeah, and I mean, so I, I want to. I enjoyed it. I, I, I want to. I want to play this. Um, start kind of at a different place than we usually do. This is Ryan yeah. Johnson talking about uh, Agatha Christie, and nice. um, I, I think this encapsulates some of why this works so well, as opposed to, you know, if he had just tried to remake, like, you know, Murder on the Orient or something like the Orient Express, like, you know what I mean? like nobody would have watched it film. and it would have been horrible. But, but I'm <laughs> saying, like, I, I think, I think they truly understand. I mean, Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig, both what makes uh, an Agatha Christie story work. Yeah. And then they've taken the parts of it that work um, and, you know, taken out the parts that don't, especially like, you know, the name brand, which you don't need the name brand, right? Like you, you can do your own version of uh, something like this. Right. But no, that I guess to me the the thing the thing that got me started on it was the murder mystery itself, like the the who done it. It's almost this perfectly engineered machine to engage with culture. Um, it's a ensemble, and each one of the characters kind of represents a different slice of this little microcosm of the society. There's a power structure inherent in all of the. Uh, suspects and then there's somebody at the top who's everyone has like a motive to kill it's basically this 
it's almost like a, a gun that's made to fire a bullet and it's and and uh, meaning it has a purpose which is to create a microcosm which can reflect society which is what christie was doing back in the day yeah, i think yeah. that's that's kind of the thing that um Christie is so, her work, I think, is so enveloped in this fog of nostalgia at this point in, in culture, because we've spent years watching these adaptations, which are excellent and good and super fun, and I love them, but they're set in kind of the hazy past, and um, and Christie wasn't doing that. She was writing to her culture. Her very first book, Mysterious Affair at Styles, when we meet Hastings, he's he's home from the front from the Western front with an injury. That's why he's at this country house. Mm -hmm. And he, she wrote it in 1916. She was, it's not like she was an incredibly political writer, but she was always engaging with what was happening in that moment in the culture, in where she was at. And the fact that this genre that's uniquely suited to do that mm -hmm. had not been doing that for a long while. It got me very excited. The notion of what if we just unabashedly, said, yeah, it's set in America right now. Yeah. And we're going to just talk about it. I'm not going to worry about making it timeless. I'm just going to talk literally about whatever we're talking about in the moment. Yeah. So you, you've spoken also about how like murder mysteries are somewhat inherently about class uh, and that it is a vessel and take um, sort of grappling to culture to some extent. I'll just leave that. Oh my God. We didn't need that I'll just leave That's that. fine. I'll yeah, leave that. the back. Leave that. Oh my God. Uh, I, so it's a way to be political. It's a way to be engaged to engage with the politics of the moment without it being inherently political. Is is that so? Your, your general feeling of this? Well, thing? I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. It is still political, but I mean, it's not. I don't know. It's a way to. I mean, the other enjoyable thing about it, it's a way to engage with, engage with with stuff that's happening right now yeah. in in this comforting candy coating of a murder mystery. Yeah, and that's the other aspect of it. I love that candy coating it's medicine not medicine with the sugar pill yeah it, well, it's not like that's a necessary evil to get some point across because that's not what these movies are at yeah. all it's like you you love the whole package and so it's um and so the comforting aspect of it um i mean that's the other interesting thing if you if you read like analysis of murder mysteries and you think about the times when the murder mystery has kind of sprung up in the culture the golden age of detective fiction in the 1930s right a response so, to very dark times. Incredibly turbulent dark times. Yeah. And if you think about what a murder mystery is, it's kind of the ultimate example of chaos is created by a crime and the paternal detective figure comes in and sets the moral universe right by the end by yeah. finding the truth and revealing it. And you can see why that was appealing in the 30s. You can see why that is on the very fundamental and you, you can argue about how healthy it is, how that's appealing right now, you know. Indeed. <laughs> I always I always uh, appreciate how thoughtful Ryan Johnson is about all this stuff, right? Like, even in, I mean, the reason that people hated Last Jedi was that he was way too thoughtful about, like, the postmodern analysis of it, I right. think, and the ways that, you know, that the, the moral gray area of all of these characters could be explored because it's boring just to do the um, Joseph Campbell style good and evil, you know, hero and yeah. villain. And people kind of just like, no, no, that's what that. we want. Dad, yeah, we want that. Stop. Stop, stop. We don't want any new ones. I mean, he we did it in the, in the middle of the age of the Marvel movies, which I'm not saying that they're always, you know, they, they explore. But, like, you know, people people like a superhero right now, specifically, uh, rather than, you know, trying to find that moral gray area. I mean, Prestige TV, obviously, is all about that moral gray area. But, like... Yeah, uh, which is why things like The Boys aren't popular, sure. But, like, I mean, I don't agree with that at all. But I, I see what you're saying. Like, it definitely, for that mythos and that fandom... Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about for that... 
I agree. That. He was he. Yeah. It was the wrong. Like even if it had come like a little earlier, I think it would have like probably hit better. But anyway, that's I'm talking about. I'm talking about nerdy Star Wars fans that come to see Star Wars specifically. Who, right? who because... only want and, and then like so then you get like those fan service movies like the that first and third one of the of these new ones, which are just like this is you're just giving people what they want, and that's Rogue I don't know like great. What's that? I said Rogue One was the well. Best Rogue One is amazing, out. obviously. Yeah, but Those Rogue One is a different films. kind of film. Like, it's, yeah. it's, and that's why it works. And I actually like Last Jedi quite a bit, which is obviously a very different discussion. But I think you're right, Forrest. That it like he's everybody saw that, but a lot of people like unfairly maligned it. So it's kind of cool that like he managed to. Well, first of all, the idea of it not being an Agatha, a straight up Agatha Christie thing, but like to build a new mythos, a, a new thing, but have it in that style. Where there's okay, there's a new Benoit Blanc movie for for this, and the idea that it wasn't even supposed to be like called, you know, they they made him tag on a Knives Out mystery, right? It's supposed to just be like you figure it out. That's great, and that but that's which something is that, what which is what Agatha Christie and all these uh, different um, that's you know, yeah, those are the lives, absolutely, and, yeah, and, and even, I think even that, um even like the like the Pink Panther, which is obviously like a, a parody of. You know those kinds of movies, right? Like the second one in the series is uh, a shot in the dark, and they didn't put yeah. a pink pan. Like you know what I mean? So it's kind of uh, it's kind of fascinating that like all of these different um, you know franchises that well not fr I mean these are like the early version of franchises, right? Like it's not really like a franchise in the way that we think about it, but you know these are all kind of happening uh, on on a timeline that you're not even quite sure about, like. Uh, it could be, and it doesn't fun. matter. Yeah. It doesn't. All you need to know is he's the greatest detective in the world, and he's going around solving mysteries. That's it. That's all you need to know. Boom. And then everyone's kind of like inept and like self-involved that he is around with. Are and, people uh, gonna want like a prequel about like how he became? Like I'm like, okay, we already did that with like Murder on the Orient Express with uh, what's his face. Like he's yeah. already getting prequels. Like, but it'd be just I, I think the less you know, more Daniel Craig. The less yeah. you know about him, I think the better. Yeah. Like, like I think I think finding Absolutely. out how he became the world's greatest detective, you'd be like, all right, well now it's kind of. The, the mystery he needs to be a mystery right like he yeah. needs to be yeah. the, the mystery at the center of this the center of this glass onion that uh you know you know you never quite this is this out. isn't like breaking bad and better call Saul not everyone needs an origin story like it doesn't really matter how he became like the greatest detective he's just the greatest detective that's we talked about this on adventure month right that like some of the yeah. most successful movies of that genre just like oh yeah he's the best you know like the escape from New York better, oh yeah better, snake Plissken he's amazing <laughs> Yeah, everyone else. Paul Goodman is who you call after uh, you get busted for the crime. <laughs> after Ben Wall Block busts you, yeah, you exactly. Well, and, and that's there's something to be said for that, and there's something to be said for uh, not spoon feeding it to the audience in that way. And I think, and, and I like that Ryan Johnson actually did not want Knives Out attached to the movie Glass Onion. Uh, Netflix just felt that was necessary. I didn't think it was necessary, frankly. Like, I, I mean, I think it would have been just fine, but like. I like that if you notice, it's it's never in the title card. Yeah, it just says Glass Onion, which I think is actually kind of cool because, like, okay, well, if you look at like you know, okay, think of like things in terms of like the DVD box or the VHS box. I mean, put whatever you want on there. It's not in the movie. Yeah. Can we get a? Uh, can we pour one out for the one homie that uh you know that that thought they were gonna watch a Beatles movie? Like a, like a movie <laughs> by the Beatles, and then was like, "This is this is nothing like that." I thought it was a spiritual sequel to uh, uh, what, what was the what was the the Danny across Boyle the universe movie? across the universe thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it shows how much I thought I, of it. <laughs> I bet some people were assuming that this would be like another a different film starring you know Daniel Craig as a different type of character, but with like the same like 
essence of the original Bob. Like, no, he's playing the same character from the first one. It's it's just you know, the adventures of you know Daniel Craig. <laughs> like, like that's Big you know, Bob Long. Yeah, well, and you can look at. I mean, even in like Sherlock Holmes, right? Like a lot of them, it starts out he's kind of just hanging out at his house. I mean, he lives alone and does a lot of fucking drugs, including, you know, he's coked out of his fucking gills all the fucking time, which is what you find out about Sherlock Holmes. And, and you know, on a bunch of morphine, like you find out that just yeah. Sherlock Holmes is just wrecked on drugs all the time in between these cases. And that's there's a certain tortuousness to being that astute and that adept at what you're doing that you have to numb yourself somewhat. And that, yeah, that and actually then, and you see that within this with, uh, you know, Benoit Blanc yeah. just kind of sitting in the bathtub he's, he's, he's with the laptop on his little like laptop holder thing in the bathtub. That's amazing. It's, it's and like, then, and then every single uh, pretty much every single TV detective, uh, you know, yeah. the... <laughs> including Natasha yeah. Leone as poker face, you know, <laughs> which yeah. is awesome. Although I think also she's listed right. as Natasha on there. She's, she's in, not, not as Natasha, but like it's but Will, Ryan Will Johnson they... also. Will Ryan Johnson go back and change it like uh, George Lucas did? I don't think so. Like but the 20th anniversary. It, I, it's I like, would no, like it almost makes me wish that, that that show came out before this, though, so you could just have that be like her origin story, is that she's just like on with Benoit Blanc and it's in the shared <laughs> universe. How awesome would that be? I, 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 want, a, I want a prequel where you find out how he became friends with uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like, <laughs> <he's just> like... <laughs> so, prequel on any of those. That's the only prequel. I, but what I don't want to see is how he became a successful detective. Like, I don't want to see the, unless um, unless the story behind that is that he found Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's like lost basketball or something. And like, yeah, yeah. Somehow that, there's a tennis player that died that 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 involved uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it would have to be pretty clever because like that's what the what what's the actually because all right think about it what was the first James Bond movie that Daniel you know, Craig was in Casino Royale right if I remember right uh yes pretty okay. much the only good one he'd ever did in my opinion is that the one with the ball torture right like they're, yeah. they're torturing the ball 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 <laughs> i mean he was great in all of them but just the scripts weren't good the thing i remember most is the ball torture <laughs> but like you know i get it that like that only works because we've known that character for like generations right and, and like they even have told that exact story before but like i i want to the way that people consume media and consume movies and things now, I don't think it needs to be spoon fed in that same way. I think people like will do their they will do their own research. They'll go go radicalize on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> but then you go deep into Reddit bitch about video essayists and like, oh, these films are not really that deep. I'm like, no, there, yeah. there, there's a re I'm like, in, when you when you think about filmmaking, you've got to have a a framing device, a narrative, yeah. motivation. All these things, like those things matter. It's not like some people think, oh, this this film doesn't have to be like there need, there doesn't need to be a forty minute video about about a movie. I'm like, no, no, there. there I keep there it. Does. I keep them to a cool ten so that I. Can <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was gonna say, there's nothing wrong with video essays or sh yeah. or shows analysts. I, I will say, I saw someone on on Letterbox talking about Glass Onion that said it would have gotten a full half a star if they had uh, dropped the title card right when the Glass Onion actually shows up, like whatever, like forty five <laughs> minutes in, which I'll be like, wow, that would have been some god tier stuff, actually. That's a that's a great point. <laughs> okay, can we talk about David Bautista because he doesn't yes. want to be the Rock. He is actually no. a phenomenal actor. He's great. Hey, Katie, you want to talk okay. about David Bautista? I completely switched out. Wait, can, can people hear me? Yes, oh, yes, yes. Okay, I switched out the laptop, which BSD'd so freaking hard, so fucking fast. As soon as it was on the line, it was like, oh, go time. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Using those Edward Norton chips. 
I did want to say because I was listening to you guys talk about uh, last uh, um, last Jedi and uh, A New Hope. Did you know that those scripts were written at the same exact time and that Ryan Johnson didn't really have access to what was going on? They kind of just had to like them together. Wow, that's actually more impressive. But yeah, it, it, it makes sense that he wanted to tell a different kind of story because he wanted to make it less about legacies and more about the forces for everybody, which mm-hmm. I think is actually an incredible, yeah, uh, an incredible thing to push on. Yeah, and then you also get one of the best Mark Hamill scenes in all the Star Wars too. You, uh, like you a, get a, you know, force, force Bernie. Awesome. He's like, <laughs> the American it's... people are sick and tired of a small amount of Jedis getting the force. <laughs> okay. We need the force for everyone. And that's why my new plan. All right. Uh, force for all. All right. Everyone gets the force. Just a little bit of the force. <laughs> well, and that's something about Ray not being from a legacy. She's yeah. like, like it being like, oh, you're, you know, you know, one know your lineage is. Yeah, nobody. Like it's like yeah. you're not, you're not from anywhere important. And then they did totally retcon that in the next movie. Yeah, you're Palpatine's. Like why Palpatine? Like, like why have all the? Never mind. I don't want to. Well, don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into I, it. I feel like it drives at the heart of like what I feel the difference between if you are a Star Wars fan or a Star Trek fan. And it started to put a little bit of what I like about Star Trek into Star Wars, where we're like examining moral ambiguity. And maybe that's why some people were like, fuck yeah. And some other people were like, don't you dare taint my Star Wars. Yeah, because they're like, I don't want moral ambiguity. I want good guys and bad guys. And I want every gunplay. Take your goddamn hands off my Star Wars. You can can touch my Star Wars when you take it from my cold, dead hands. (laughs) Which Andor is just so fucking good. Um, it truly is the best Star Wars thing ever. Um, and, and I will find anybody who disagrees with me. Force is with you, <laughs> and also with you. Oh, the force is over there. The force is over there. Oh, I got my Where's lightsaber. Force? It's over here. Now it's under here. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, because there are people that create it. Because the thing is, okay, so why is the Mandalorian great? Because it's a different kind of Star Wars. Thing. It's like the good, bad, and the ugly, and like Lone Wolf and Cub, but in space. Mm-hmm. But it's also Star Wars. But it's mm-hmm. out like way the hell away from like all of this other stuff. And so it, even though it's Star Wars, it exists in kind of its own world. And 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 what people love about that is it's a different kind of Star Wars story. Ooh, and, ooh. and and I think that that works in a very in a very major way. But it still stays in that space western, like you said, Lone Wolf. Like so, yeah. it feels like a flavor that's less offensive than I feel like. Uh, uh, Ryan Johnson's one was especially because right, so he was actively trying to change it. He was actively yeah. being like he was trying to open source democracy, the force, and people were not down at all. Or some people were. I was. Ooh, I, I was. Who, who's yeah. more of a daddy, Pedro Pascal or Daniel Craig? <laughs> that is. I mean, we're gonna have to really boil in on the definition of what is daddy. Perhaps yeah. one is daddy. <laughs> <laughs> but let's etymologically break that apart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My new my new video essay, what is daddy? Oh okay. <laughs> what is daddy? A five-part series. Most important, uh, A five-part series. You know, the, the single mer- most important daddy. cinematic question we've really come into over the last uh few years. You know what I mean? What is daddy? What does it what does it truly mean to be daddy? People are asking more it's, and more. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, first it was hench, but now it's daddy's. Yeah, I mean, that is kind of what Last of Us is, is just an examination of the protector role in in this horrific uh, world that we call now. Yeah, Yeah, right, exactly. Well, so, okay, so getting back to Benoit Blanc, 
I love the fact that we mentioned KT while you're, you're joining up. We talked about how great it is that Loki they just drop, you know, oh Hugh Grant's like his live-in like life yeah. partner, which is just like okay, great, yeah, why not? <laughs> sure, and and yeah. like when you see his video call and he's like, oh, he's on with all the rest of the greatest detectives mm-hmm. in the world, and also Natasha Leone. But just as Natasha Leone, not as her t- role in uh, Poker Face, unfortunately. But like, yeah. great. You know great. what that reminds me of? It reminds me of what we do in the shadows when all the vampire cows come together and then there's like Wesley Snipes. Right. <laughs> right exactly. Like he's just himself. Yeah. 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 Like yes. it's. I think that it's one of the reasons this the self-awareness and the awareness of what people are, are going to find funny or interesting and like mm-hmm. kind of want an Easter egg out of it is what makes these movies pop for a lot of people and what drives other people up the wall. But for me, I love it. I'm all for it. Oh, all and I love sweet. the fact that they got Angela Lansbury because she's such a good friend of, of Sondheim's and he was like, no, Angela will fucking do it. Of course. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, yeah, yes, please. That's that's fantastic. And, and I love that, um, you know, we mentioned this earlier on, on, on the group chat. I love that Ryan Johnson's original conceit is that every movie he'd have a different accent. I wish that they had gone for that. How? How amazing would that be? I mean, like, it really, I like it. It kind of depends on the accent, though. Like, no, it doesn't. It's just, it's because I mean, look, all right, look, Daniel Craig. I love his role as Benoit Blanc. Is he, does he do a great Southern accent? Mm. It's a foghorn leghorn. I've lived in South Carolina basically for like 25 years, and I still can't do a good Southern accent. People are like, (laughs) you don't sound like you're from the South, even though I'm originally from New Jersey. And I'm like, yeah, I I did everything I could. I watched old Hollywood movies where they had the mid-Atlantic accent. I watched a lot of gangster films, so I didn't have that accent. But they're like, well, do your best South Carolina accent. I'm like, "Mm, okay, well, I'm – I mean, South it's hard. I say, I say, I'm streaming on on the Twitch uh, over there. Well, I say, I say, I say, let's solve <laughs> this young mystery, boy. <laughs> I knew the clan. They were like, "Wow, you've lived here your whole life, and you can't even do a southern accent." I'm like, "Nope, <laughs> thank God." You I say, it. I say, we have to solve it, boy. Come on. No, goes, I say, I say, uh, Twitch.tv slash uh, Cosmopolitics. <laughs> see, y- y'all are talking too fast. You got you got to slow it down a little bit if y- y'all want to sound southern. I I never yeah. said I did a good one. I I said his accent was ridiculous and I love it. Yeah, well, you I, don't I, find. I, I absolutely it's... do love uh uh Benoit Like he just Blanc comes accent. out with like a Fargo accent in one of these, you <laughs> Yeah, that's what I, that's what I was thinking when I said it depends Amazing. on the accent because yeah, I, I wonder who I, his, I don't know. his accent coach was. <laughs> oh, it does say it in the IMDb trivia too. I don't I don't remember the name. Oh, but you gotta find your inward with it, uh, you know. Like, what's the word that people in South Carolina say that's stupidly wrong? Like for people in um, Maryland, it's it's phone. They say that phone, and you're like, once oh. you build off of that, then you can like really get into the dialect. I'd, I'd... Water. <laughs> yeah. You say water, water. I'm like, what? No. Yeah. But you want, yeah, like you want a glass of that water? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not like it's so it was actually. It's fine. It's not letter perfect, but it works great that it's not letter perfect because these are like an homage uh, and also carrying forward the the torch to these sort of pulpy types of stories, whether they you be could books, also, you could also or take TV as, movies. Um, the fact that perhaps it's a cultivated accent and that's not actually like not not that that's not how he talks, but like he's cultivated that southern accent over time. And, uh, you know, the fact that it keeps getting you know, kind of uh, stronger, I think, throughout the movies or like because um, it's a lot stronger in this one. I watched uh, the original Knives Out last night and his accent's yeah. a lot more dialed back in that one than it is in yeah. this one. And so you could think that maybe he's cultivating that accent and that's not even like necessarily where he's from. 
And you know what I mean? That's almost part of the mystery. Maybe too. it's part of like it's his all the mysteries all over motif. the deep south. Well, right? I, I think he uses it too, like uh, like Doctor Who. You know, you know, like Doctor Who plays the buffoon, and, and yeah. doing that southern accent makes him come across a little more buffoonish, so people don't take him so mm. seriously and they let their guard down. I think that's a like that'd be amazing if there was like a scene where he just shifted like straight to like his regular English accent and be like, oh yeah, it's all just a front, you know? Like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah. like that'd be incredible. Where did that come from? Or, uh, no, or no, it's like, movie I'm in or right back he's getting, pub, he's getting more and more, he's getting more and more agitated, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. like they're disturbing him, and he, he goes, slipping out. I'm solving it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Mr. Well, Benoit Blanc. <laughs> I was. I was saying to Conan when he first told me about that, what if they had done a different accent in each film? Like, I think it would have driven more to the point how comedic these are supposed to be. Like, what if he had a New York accent in one of those? People might be less of a pain in the ass about like, well, this is high art. Like, it's comedy. Exactly. Exactly. It's well done. Like, well put together, well funded comedy with an all star cast. And you know what? That's totally okay. And it's not saying this is like some great work of art that will be like the be all end all of filmmaking. No, it's a good time. Lay off. Yeah. So yeah. I do declare yeah. I am, in fact, walking here. <laughs> that dude was like more like a whole, French just... accent, considering his name. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Why exactly. Does, why does yours sound like Martin Luther King? <laughs> I have a dream that one day they will fill all these potholes. <laughs> uh, Christina, I think you want to talk about Dave Batista, which who I I love. He's so good at this. Like, and I yeah. think it, it's awesome that he's getting to act and mm-hmm. like he's very good at it. Yeah, he's like, I don't want to be the Rock. I want to be an actual actor. I was like, ooh snap shade i love it but also too this is also it, it expands to like a great ensemble cast like you got obviously yep. nepo baby kate hudson um who still has a career a lot of people don't think that she acts anymore and i'm like no she still acts like she's given roles here and there but like dave is just so funny he's so good it, he's, you know, he's still good at everything like playing he, he's just he, he made it in marvel and now he's like doing, you know, whatever, you know, roles he yeah. finds interesting to show yeah. like how versatile he can be. Yeah, he's, so, I mean, like, he's, he's about great to be... as Drax. It's, it's his, that's a great role for him. And he plays yes. it so well because he plays it with Who like is, almost wh- Abbott and Costello. <laughs> right. Like Abbott and Costello style timing. And it's like, that's the way to do it. Like you make the visual itself be part of the joke that you wouldn't expect, like, you know, this big rough alien dude to just <laughs> react he's in this so way. Goofy. That's why I love uh, the, this, those metaphors. That's why I love the Guardians of the Galaxy's Christmas special because it really was about, you know, him like, you know, trying yeah. to do something well also to, you know, uh Mantis doing something good for for Quill. And they're just I'm like, I'm like, I know he's not gonna be playing this Drax any longer, but can he just have like a like a one off miniseries about the adventures of him and Mantis like doing something? Yeah, like just run around and do stuff, yeah. Like yeah, every, 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 so fun. Fun. I, Easter. I they're doing Easter now. Look, okay, sure. In this movie, the thing that Groundhog's um, Day. The thing that's awesome is that he he's like he's actually tried hard to be pretty socially conscious about things, right? Like um Dave Batista is a huge like LGBTQ ally because his yep. mom was gay and like she he grew he, up. He like covered up a tattoo and... that of a friend or like, no, it was Manny Pacquiao. It's, yeah, not just yeah. a friend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like which is kind of he's crazy. like, nope, sorry. Which uh if, if you know like if you know about like the Philippines, right? Like they're insanely proud about anything that, you know, that, that, you know, like the fact that Manny Pacquiao beat the shit out of like so many fucking American fighters is something that they have at a pride level that's up there. 
Like he's like a real life Rocky for them. Yeah, mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Like he's just like an icon. Like they goes and, beyond and it's because like, of and a the Philippines figure. being uh, colonized by the United States. Um, you know, being so subjugated that like having somebody that can actually like come to you know mainland like the mainland U.S. or whatever and just beat the fuck out of Americans. Like that's that's big there. Yeah. So for him to have uh, number one ended his friendship with Manny Pacquiao, and number two covered up the tattoo yeah. over those comments is something like. You know, yeah. I like I can't even imagine it because I'm not even someone that's like that's why into... he's better than The Rock. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, as a, yes, and, and I also love the fact that, like, uh, uh, when he played Drax, uh, a bunch of autistic kids like connected with his character, sure, because, uh, representation, like, oh, he's just like us, yeah. and he's just yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm an autistic icon now, and and uh, you know, like, like, uh, like started showing off his lunchbox collection. Yeah, so for uh, so for him to um, like in this film, right, play like the the most douchey possible, like uh, Alex Jones meets Andrew Tate style fucking Twitch streamer, <laughs> selling like what a combo. <laughs> well, like you know, that's kind of like hawking supplements and stuff. Yeah. Sure, it fits. Yeah. What the fuck and are I, and, you talking about? I love about? I love the line where he's like, "Hey, Jimmy Kimmel, no, I do not." hate boobs <laughs> yeah amazing and you don't need to know all the backstory for that you get it yeah. immediately you right yeah that's, that's so great uh kt what, what i think you do you want to jump in on any of that oh, i was gonna say has anyone seen the trailer for his upcoming piece i think that david batista is really jumping into this like i'm gonna pick what i want to be and i'm gonna be an ensemble heavy pieces um it's the new M. Night Shyamalan. Uh, um, oh yeah it's not, the adaptation not, of not cabin at the end of the woods what is it not knock the at cabin. the Okay, that's what they're calling it. Yeah. Um, and it's uh, it's really interesting because having read the book, it's it's one of those things where like, oh God, it's such a good ride, but it it's like, could will you, you ever look at exorcism films? Like how could this possibly have a different or new or interesting ending? They're all gonna go the same way. But that's, that's kind of this film, um, but it's so, such a good ride. Um, I'm excited for David Batista in this. It's M. Night, isn't it? Yeah, yep. yeah. Hit or miss, yeah. which uh, uh, Eileen is not like I it. Like, no, no, and and her and I tend to be pretty aligned. On and to set I'm, him up with great. something where I feel like the ending is a real shite piece of a good story is like, ooh, no, he gets in trouble for that all the time, but that's not actually his fault because this is the book. Because this is adapted. Well, and I feel like he does. I think there's so many misses. Like that guy's had more at bats than anyone I can think of in like blockbuster history, right? But like. But he when he connects, it's great. When he's good, he's very good. When he's bad, he's very bad. I mean, if it was baseball, like, hey, look, if a third of your movies are great, you're doing awesome. (laughs) You know, it's just that's not how we think of it anymore. It's and um, I would like to submit that uh, I feel like uh, maybe as a minority director, he gets a lot more criticism than some of his contemporary, uh, you know, directors that are putting out, you know, just mediocre pieces. That's true. There's a lot of mediocrity out there. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not bagging on them. I think it's more frustrating for me just because I like his good stuff so much yeah. that when there's something that I don't like, I'm like, ugh. Like it, it yeah. hurts a little more. It's like know? when a band you're super into does a like experimental album, and you're like, fuck, Radiohead, <laughs> I love you, but why do I'm listening to computer noises? It's like when Queen did Hot Space. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is this? Yeah. Well, and there's certain yeah. using the same analogy, Katie. I mean, I love Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. I love, you know, uh, Nick Cave's, I, you know, the template for like how I think of how to be an artist musically. I, I, I just can't listen to any of the last four records. I don't like them at all. 
Yeah, it <laughs> but I still say I love Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds, and I still like respect the art. It's I just don't want to listen to it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean personally, I mean, peace and love. Yeah, <laughs> I can well, think whatever, of there's a good reason why, but. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's whatever. It's, 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 I actually respect when somebody makes something that I, it's like, it's good, but it's not for me. I'm like, oh, yeah. that's not for me, but I, I appreciate the craftsmanship that went into that. Hot take. I feel that way about Scorsese films from the last five years. Loved yeah. him, but can't take it anymore. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, and I, and I think that it's weird when people have been sort of grandfathered in. And when I say grandfather, I do use a gender term specifically for that reason that like, Oh no, these, these people are okay. These guys are okay. And these other ones, well, you get like one, one chance. And if it flops, like, like how people are coming after Olivia Wilde for don't worry, darling. Great. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Or it's even like, dude, it's her second movie. Calm your silly ass down. Also yeah. like, it's not what you say it is, too. That's the other thing. It's like, yeah, if this if this came out without all of that, um, uh, the talk around it, around the antics and the various like dramas and whatever, I think it would have been taken completely differently. And you see that kind of stuff with male directors. I think that happened with uh, Kristen Stewart on Twilight and one of the directors mm -hmm. of that and like didn't get any press, didn't matter yeah. at all. But I feel like because this is Olivia Wilde, they were like, we got to We got to pump this up. Right. Yeah. Meanwhile, like. I love Ex Machina, but uh, well, I shouldn't talk trash. I was going to say Alex Garland. Mm, come on, man. God, you know, he makes me think. <laughs> I do. I, you'll get me. If it's anywhere near a Philip K. Dick story, I'm always just like, sign me up. But he did Devs, and Devs is like, holy crap, why does nobody know Devs? And Devs, like, is, Devs is a miniseries. Fantastic. Yes. It's so good. I'm like, and he stopped it at one season. I'm like, holy crap, this is amazing. And then, you know, I see something like Men. I'm like, this is a great first draft. <laughs> Let me know when the movie's done. Oh, this is released? Oh, oh never so mind. yeah, that's a really great. Yeah, I just watched that and I wanted that to be way better. And I was yes. super confused I was ready. at the end. I was, I was so ready for it to. I'm like, hell yes, let's go. And I was like, oh. Yeah, that did All the right. reverse of women talking, where the more that I sat with it, the more <laughs> questions I had as to why I watched it. Right, right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Although to circle back around to this concept of like uh, male directors getting grandfathered in and also uh, we're talking about Oscar films. How do you guys feel about Fableman? Because I wonder why it's on the list. It's because it's Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Because it's a fine film. I like it. But yeah. if it was like just like some unknown director, be like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I haven't seen it yet, but, but also I hear Judd Hirsch is fantastic and I love Judd Hirsch. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Th that's okay. Scene, that scene is astounding in the way that the Ned Beatty scene in Network is astounding and about the same amount of screen time, but in a very different way. Uh, Fablemans is in conversation because Hollywood loves an autobiographical tale, especially loves one about movies. Mm -hmm. And honestly, when's the last great Steven Spielberg movie? It's been a while. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. Because remember, <laughs> Ready Player One. <laughs> His movies are also very nostalgic and I, and, and I think like sure. we're all kind of nostalgia poisoned. And I just keep thinking of J.J. Abrams movies. I'm like, nope, that's Abrams. Yeah, yeah, nope, exactly. that's Abrams. No, Abrams that's Abrams. Kind of, he kind of took over that role culturally for a while. <laughs> but like, look, Close Encounters, Jaws, uh, Raiders. I mean, like, uh, Jesus mm -hmm. Christ, like mm -hmm. he's got an incredible uh, back and like just some of the greatest big films in history. And 
a lot of it comes from a deep-seated uh, familial trauma in a certain way that he misunderstood for most of his life. So because if you know all that going into it, then it's sort of like, oh, that's why, I'm sorry, that's why Michelle Williams got a Best Actress Award, I guess, or a nomination. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I mean. I only thought she was okay. It's nominated for a lot more than Judd Hirsch's performance, uh, yeah. albeit quite good. But it, it hit it checks all the boxes because it's someone that's mm-hmm. been sort of out of favor for a while. It's about movie making. It's autobiographical. It like it checks all the, the various Oscar boxes. I like it. I, I like it in I think it's like somewhere between 10 and 23 on, on my list. I can't can't even remember. But it's it's mm-hmm. of the ones that I like, it's on the lower end of it. Yeah, I was ex- I was surprised by how many nominations it got. I have to say, got a lot. Yeah. And, and I mean, and uh, for me, the the best part of it is David Lynch's John Ford. That's all I'm going to say for people that haven't seen it. It's it's worth watching just for that. Like just watch the very end if you if you don't have the patience. <laughs> uh, but Knives Out, uh, on the other hand, I think if it, I think if there hadn't, been, and actually, I'm kind of glad we went over the Last Jedi discourse a little bit, at least on a broader level, because I think if it hadn't been for that that Knives Out would have been a, it, it was a, a sort of like a sleeper builder hit in a way. And the fact that people would talk about it, like, hey, they just think all Knives Out, it's great. Uh, I think it would have hit a lot harder if he was still, um, d- didn't have that uh, Ryan Johnson versus the fandom, the guy who ruins Star Wars thing attached to him. Whether it's fair or not, that's the frame. And I think he has done remarkably well. But making like two of these movies now that have their own universe that get to showcase an incredible ensemble of people. And honestly, if you think about it, center like awesome uh, female characters who are not white, too. Like, I mean, yeah. Anna Armos and uh, Janelle Monet both like great, fantastic roles for them. It's kind of funny because they made him put uh, the subtitle A Knives Out Mystery on Glass Onion, even though, like you're saying, Knives Out wasn't entirely received very well. It wasn't like it was some <laughs> massive worldwide hit. It was a builder. People were like, hey, this, this thing called Knives Out. It's a lot of fun. All right, cool. Did like, you, oh, it's that guy. Did you guys see this in the theater? Because it did that theater release uh, concurrent with Netflix. Or did you all see it in Netflix? Netflix. We, we, Netflix. I, I watched it like... I think the hour it dropped, but I was I watched it today. <laughs> hey, somebody's got it. Fresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I thought about going to the theater for it, but I didn't. Anyway, that's my story. <laughs> there, there's just some, like, like, I mean, there's some films that are worth seeing in the theater, and I just feel like this one was like, man, eh, you know, I have to see it in the theater. It's not gonna be when I think of like a movie to see in the theater. I think of like something that's like a big spectacular, and this everything is like, everywhere yeah, like, all at once. Avatar. Yes. No. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Titanic in 3D, man. That shit slapped. <laughs> Although I do I love watching drowning. a movie with an active crowd as such as that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, and I think the, there's some. Oh, go ahead. The amount of straight dudes that went to see Titanic and didn't weren't there just to see Kate boobs was phenomenal. I was like, damn, you dudes are really invested in this film. I feel like I want to just take a Venn diagram and be like, okay, raise your hand if you are also into My Little Ponies. <laughs> I just, as it's for science. <laughs> uh, how do we feel about the length of Knives Out? Like the film length of it. Good? Too it's, long? Yeah, it's long, yeah. but it doesn't feel it, I don't think. Because, like I said, yeah. today's my first time watching it. And, and uh, uh, I did actually have to stop to, to uh, you know, finish the artwork. Because um, well, we appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, because yes. yeah. I was just you know kind of running behind. But um, 
but 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 like it is uh i you know like, like there's not a wasted moment in the film yeah i feel like it's packed pretty tight like it's sort of yeah. like what would you cut out and and there's things like the re- reveal of like oh who Joe Monet's character really is where it's like okay you gotta have that bit showing like that backstory or it doesn't feel like earned in a way like uh, and I like the boxes like like the, the the boxes is like you know the sort of like oh here's the the thing you have to solve to get the invitation yeah and of course it's a bit like Hellraiser would exactly, yeah, exactly very much like very much that. like Hellraiser and at least uh, this film doesn't drag it doesn't feel like it's like. Oh, and I was gonna say, including okay. including when when this like just break the box and like that's the joke, right? That's, that's the punchline to the joke. Yeah. Is like it's like oh, you can just break the box, I guess. Too. <laughs> and there were uh, bits of it that I wanted more of. Like if they had given more of me or more of Dave Batista's mom's character, she's great. You could give me a whole movie with that lady. Not that older, yeah. that much older than Dave Batista. Only actually. nine years old. Yeah, which is yeah. I'm, uh, I, I, I love, I love, mom. I'm streaming, and she's like, "Yeah, you're streaming, but you better go in there and get it." And he's like, "Mom, no." And I love how she okay. she knew all hard, of the puzzles before he figured it out. She's like, "God," oh. it, and it's 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 great comedy. And, and, and not only is that great comedy, but it also sets up like how basic, uh, freaking, um, uh. Edward uh, Norton's character is supposed to be. Yes. Yes. Uh, now, yeah. Is it too early to talk about the discourse around this movie and why people despised it from all sides? I think that's a, I have a it's, great question for that. Like, why? Why? It, that's it's what a, it's a weird. It's yeah. a weird. Like, like Elon situation. Musk. I understand because yeah, of course he's the he's the butt of the joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the cul-de-sac, the sack of the bag, the ass like, of the bag. I, but like, like hardcore leftists are like. It's a movie about a bunch of rich people. Why should we care? I'm like, it's entertainment. The first one was too, and the first one was great. Like, yeah, and yeah. and many of them die, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's, it's taking them down a peg. Are these like, the same people that watched Train Spotting and thought that it was like heroin chic? Like, watch the heroin. damn movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, come on, just just that toilet alone is uh, doesn't really like make you want to make heroin. Like Stop making heroin like, oh, fucking stylish because then my heroin dealer is going to start charging more money for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I, I heard like a lot of the leftist critique is that it's very much a lib movie where I'm like, I don't see that because you could say that. Okay. Hate it. Catherine Hahn's character is very clearly like I just saw someone. I, I can't it. remember exactly what it was. But basically it was like, it's cool that Catherine Hahn is playing Ned Lamont, which mm-hmm. is like, Deep pull, unless you're from Connecticut. But I'm like, wow, that's actually Connecticut. That's pretty Perfect. good. Pretty good. Y'all uh, kind of reminds me of uh, Gretchen Whitmire. Like, yeah, absolutely, the, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, like, but I feel like I don't know. It doesn't feel like it has like. I feel like everyone's kind of portrayed like the idiots that they are, except for Benoit Blanc and for uh, Jean Monnet's character, Frank. So this this is yeah. reminding me of um, the discourse around uh, Crash. Uh, when it won Best Picture and oh, everyone God. freaking out about how like this is portraying uh, a, a liberal person, like all these liberal people as bad. All of these, uh, basically it boiled down to everyone is racist in their own way. Um, but the director was trying to say, the writer-director, that like, no, these are a farce. This is the farce of, of you know, liberal yeah. height. Um, and I think that maybe that again, people are missing the tongue and cheek level to which all of the dialogue is delivered. I just what I was missing in Crash is a good story because that movie was freaking terrible. If you ask I me, did not I, I yeah, absolutely oh despised it. And I, and the I fact that the that. the fact that they they gave that the best instead picture of Brokeback, 
Instead of, I, I yeah, was like, oh, hey, everybody, yeah. we, we solved racism. Yes. <laughs> and then we saw racism again by with, with Green Book, and I'm like, mm. yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and, and between oh, them, we honey. liked Obama solving racism. One of the best things about that Green Book it, era, though, is that um, uh, Carmine Soprano, I think, in uh, or not Carmine Soprano, Carmine, uh, uh, the, the guy from New York, the, the boss yeah. from New York, uh, you know, like Big Carmine, is Tony Lip, like the guy from Green Book. Oh, he, sure, he play, sure. He was played by yeah. him. Yeah, those uh, movies are, I mean, like, th- th- there's a special special area of cinema hell for movies like that, as far as I'm concerned, where, where it's like it thinks it's being doing something incredibly important, and it's actually just horrible. And it's it's a horrible movie in execution, in attempted message. I mean, the only crash I acknowledge is Cronenberg's. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like those movies that you, or the Veggie Tales, where you're like, wait a minute, is this animation Christian? Is, is this Christian? Like, are, they, are, they, are these vegetables for God? Like, what? How are they, explain that because aren't they low on the food chain? Like, how are they animated? How are they anthropomorphic? Isn't this like an abortion in the face of God? Like, <laughs> I have so many questions about Veggie Tales. I want to, I want to abort Veggie Tales, is what I want to do. I, I mean, like, you, you, you think that, yeah, anyway, whatever. Uh, what was some of the liberal uh criticism of, of Grouse? Because after a while, I just started t- tuning it out. I'm like, you guys are way over analyzing. They're this. like, this, this is not how we are, and I'm like. Kind of like, is. Kind of how you're like that. Kind of how you're being right now with this criticism. Yeah. <laughs> I I like the fact that it, it kind of rips into everyone. You know, yes. like the 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 Elon Musk type, like like gets it the worst. But like, I mean, it's not like anyone gets off easy. Again, except some for... leftists just can't take a joke. Relax, guys. I mean, the first one, the first one did that too, right? Like they they're having Absolutely. a debate about immigration in the middle of the thing and they like they they cut i forgot they did this bit where like you know he, he's like telling the story and he's like bringing a marta over and he's like you know come over here and then you find out it's to you know harass her about being an immigrant like or yeah. her parents being an immigrant like well, and, and in both in both films really the only people that escape that kind of like harsh unveiling in the light are Benoit Blanc and you know the 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 female lead, which is Anna Armos in the first one and uh, Janelle Monae in this one, and, and both of them have been wronged and like kind of like that's part of it. And I like I like that that's the thing. I think you the know. housekeeper too kind of escaped a lot of that, but uh, she, she, you know the first right. one. But you know I think it was like working class solidarity there. Yeah, and those are liberal, um, you know, moral grounds where like these are good characters to have succeed. So I feel like yeah. some people just maybe had the mirror held a little bit close and got yeah. a little knicker twisted. Um, like if you're seeing was... like liberal uh, hypocrisy on the screen and you're a liberal hypocrite, I can see where maybe you'd be upset by it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a good point. Why? Well, and the conservative meltdown over it is 100 percent that it just took a flamethrower to them you know what i mean like just just the line where uh you know i i I wrote it down but then i I don't know my notes in front of me but um the line where he's like well maybe actually when you know you you think of yourself as a bold truth teller but you have to be careful with that because uh you know he's like a lot of times it's just you know being an asshole to people or whatever like that line it just it's delivered perfectly and you can see exactly where it would you know hit somebody like ben shapiro uh or really anyone that you know does that media thing where they portray themselves as like well i'm saying something offensive so i must be hitting on some bold truth that everybody uh, understands is like no you might just be an asshole like you might no, just be just, offended yeah. Yeah. everyone well, hates like, you and you're like all the turf like all the turfs are like you know my pronouns are kiss my ass i'm like you know what my pronouns are shut the fuck up turf 
Yeah. <laughs> if you have to break in between your show to sell peritoneal wipes, you're not telling the <laughs> truth. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'd like to welcome a new sponsor. <laughs> Dude wipes. <laughs> I like uh, I like I like Roseanne Barr so coming much. back. Roseanne so Barr coming back, and the first thing she does is my pronouns are kiss my ass. And there's a video from just a few months ago. Ste- stealing Ted Cruz's material. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a video of, of him at uh, I, I think he's like Young Americans for Freedom or whatever, and he saw. Yeah. Oh yeah. As pronouns are totally perfect place for that. He delivered it actually kind of well because he's like you know it's old curmudgeonly everybody hates you badger face Ted. But yeah. like, what is Rosa Son of Bart, the Zodiac like, Killer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like that's his crowd, right? It's a bunch of other like, uh, you know, children. Uh, By the no, way, no, no, no. <laughs> a bunch of like ancient I mean, people that hate a bunch of ancient people that like hate everything that isn't them. Well, th- these were right? these were these were like, you know, uh, young Americans. Like these were like, or it was Turning Point USA, one of those places that yeah. were like adolescents. But um. Or like college kids or whatever. But what's with uh? They make all the fucking Republicans now. I, can we just up. not drop the lead that Roseanne Barr was stealing Ted Cruz's material? Because yeah, that's, that's that is the lead. what an incredible yeah. sentence that is. But what yeah. it like? But but what's but they, like they make all the Congress people that are Republicans now? Do you stand up in front of these crowds? Yeah, and none of them are like good at it. None <laughs> of them are funny. Not none since like John funny. McCain and uh, what's his name? Um, uh, the guy from uh, uh Pennsylvania. Um. Yeah, the, the guy from Pennsylvania. No, 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 no. There was a, it was a Republican. No, it was like he was. Uh, he was anxious. It's a big state, like a dude. million years so old. The Anyways, the bottom line is, um, uh, there's actually video of him, like, like standing in front of a brick wall, like, like in an actual comedy club, <laughs> doing his routine. And like, honestly, he wasn't half bad. I'm like, he missed his calling. He you ever? Uh, do you ever he, get you know a big? They usually hire people. <laughs> A big envelope, yeah, a big envelope full of cash from a lobbyist, and you're like, "But no, you know, his timing was pretty like, good." Like, gonna, what am I supposed to do? Arlen Specter, maybe. You know, I'm you, know you don't want to put it in the, the bank just in case they look at it. You know what I'm I mean? I'm kind of hoping that the next sequel is more political. Like, it'd be, it'd be called Knives Out. Make it political. <laughs> <laughs> All of ballot, the knives ballot, finally ballot, out. Ballots yeah. out. And ballots it's, out. Uh, yeah. Ballots so, out. Yeah. They have they have Benoit Blanc. Someone hires him to go into the. To, in the 2024 election, they have someone hire him to go like help count the ballots or whatever. <laughs> oh my god! All knives so, matter. So they have green lit. Uh, <laughs> all right, all right. It's, it's, it's classic after party material, people. But so, no, so... no, no, Conan. We got to think about this, considering what the oh, do we? could be about and okay. the titles. That's creative. We're we're coming. We're helping. Yeah. So he says. So, he so it's got to next... be two, so. All right, two words. It's got to be two words. That's what they've established. It's two words. Yes. So what, what okay. And oh, and Earth it's got to be an, a title of a, of a song. Both of them are "Knives Out" was a Radiohead song, and "Glass and Onion" Glass is a Onion Beatles, Beatles song. And you yes. can't reuse the same band. That's bicycle the race. Brass monkey. <laughs> Brass monkey. <laughs> well, if you actually like both of those, so. I'm here for right the here underneath the, uh, the, the the brass monkey. It could be the MacGuffin. It's actually not that far a shot, actually. Look, look at look, look here, this uh, brass monkey. Quite, it's quite that a quite funk- a quite a funky monkey, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Who would you put in in that movie? Ooh, do, do, ooh. Do we, do we mean, um, shadow casting. Mm. Yeah. How about has Sam Rockwell been in one of these yet? He should totally no, be. No, no, but he, but he should, should be. Yeah, yeah he's great, great in that stuff. Brian I'll Cox. Sam Rockwell. I I think Brian Cox could do really well in in. Uh, yeah, yeah. Dan Stevens. 
Who else? We need some. Oh, uh, Alan Cummings. We got to get some broads in here. Oh, Alan. Yeah, yeah. Alan. Some broads. Emma Watson doing one of these films? How about How about Michelle Yeoh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Stephanie Hugh, the daughter yeah, yeah, from she, that, would be fantastic. Yeah, as well. Um, How about Colin Farrell? Yes, totally. Our favorite Irish uh, We're just going over like Oscar-winning actors. Pen, Pen, <laughs> How about Penn Badgley from you? Ooh, I think he'd be good in it. I uh, I saw him one time. He was in, he was, in IRL. Yeah. He was uh one one time me and one of my friends were uh we were walking on this like trail because I guess he lived like he visits up here a lot in upstate New York and mm-hmm. we were walking on the trail and fucking Penn ba- Pen, Pen Badgley was just there fucking walking with like his family or something. Uh, he's gonna and, kill like, somebody. And yeah, but I, yeah. So after, after yeah. seeing like, the trail, like I haven't watched so much of you, but like you know, I was just like, this, this is creepy. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't like this guy. Mm, we gotta go now. <laughs> how about uh, how about Dev Patel? Oh, oh yeah, fantastic choice. Maybe he won't play a dumb knight this time. <laughs> oh, I enjoyed that movie. He was great yeah. at being a dumb knight. I enjoyed that. Movie. It would uh, yeah. it would be it would be funny to get somebody like uh, Aziz Ansari because um, basically in this movie, basically in this movie, um, uh, Catherine Hall plays her plays literally oh, her uh, Parks and Rec character. Like, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, what about um, bringing back Parks and Rec Melanie Linsky? For- Melanie Linsky, yeah. who's who she's having a moment right realizes, now, is awesome. It's like, like she's, she's been yeah. awesome since beautiful creatures. Heavenly yes. creatures. Sorry, heavenly creatures. Snap correction. Snap Randy Quaid. Yeah, fuck it. Okay. Randy Quaid, sure. He's gonna have a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, as long as he keeps his mouth shut. What about um, the son of his brother, who's look, in the boys? Look, Quaid, you can do this film. Oh, you yeah. You gotta keep your trap Jack shut. Jack Quaid. Right? Yeah, Jack yeah. Quaid. Yeah, maybe him over Randy. How? Oh, what's the um, Lodge Forty Nine? Uh, is uh, um, Wyatt? Yeah, Wyatt, Wyatt Russell. Russell. Yeah, yeah, Wyatt Russell's great. Yes. I oh. can see him. He looks like he basically looks like his dad, but with his mom's hair color. He really I, I know she's retired from acting, but uh, how about Shelley Duvall? Shelley Duvall, oh of course. Sure. Like have a have a glorified cameo of some sort. Character uh, actress Margot Martindale. Margot Mondale would be great. Bob Odenkirk. Oh, yes. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good uh, a ta- one. A tag team up between, like, uh, just a shifty lawyer and, uh, you know, and Benoit Blanc. <laughs> Do, you, yeah. Yeah. Do you get Odenkirk without Cross? Would you throw David Cross in as well? Yeah, I feel like we'd be throwing David Cross the bone at this point. No offense. Might as well. Like, he was yeah. fantastic in Station 19. He was really good in that. Uh, station 11? Station 11. 19. There's it's an arbitrary number. So good. many station movies. So many uh, Shelly Duvall is uh, not retired anymore. Yeah, she's doing a horror film. Get she her heard this scream and she's phone. like, I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There we go. We, we, we get uh, I, I, I feel like Tim Heidegger would, would do a good job in, in one of these movies. He, he has yeah. that, uh, like, the character that he plays a lot of the time is just, like, rich asshole, like, already. Like, I, I was oh, surprised yeah. at how good he was in, uh, in, in Us. Like yes. when he was, yeah, yeah, like. I, was, I, I, my favorite scene in the whole film was when you know they're like, Alexa, call the police. Now playing fuck the police by the <laughs> <laughs> I, I laughed the loudest, and they're like, why is this white woman laughing oh. about the fact that they're Lakeith Stenfield? I'm like, it's hilarious. Lakeith. Yeah, Lakeith Stenfield. He's amazing. Yeah. Like, I, and like, what Atlanta's over? So what's he? What's he up to? Well, know. he was in the first one. Oh, he was. Yeah. Pita? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
like, but they could bring him back. I haven't seen. I haven't seen the mustache. Nobody could tell the difference. <laughs> it could be his. It could be his cousin. Oh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh man, right, I love so, Michelle Pfeiffer. Okay, this is. I feel like we're just doing the after party now. We're gonna uh, name. Well, no, hey, 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 hey! If they're gonna do sequel, they gotta come back and watch this podcast so they know that they have we're, options. Okay, we're giving so, it away so, for free. So guess. Yeah. I'm just saying, this is not after, but this is important. Okay. So I so I have a so Why I have a Johnson gives a call. Kate Hudson and Catherine Hahn talking about Gary Witt has got his number. Catherine Hahn. <laughs> Gary Witt of Animal Talking fame. <laughs> you two do. We'll just keep me laughing through pretty much all of it. But I will say too, it's like with Ryan with this particular one. These two characters, I love they put y'all together because y'all are in so ways exactly the same but polar opposites. Did y'all oh, find so that on set? Like, Kate, what about you? Because I feel like y'all bring an energy that is very similar. But like in this role, you guys are kind of playing on other sides of it. What did you feel about your two characters and how they sort of well, like... it's funny you say that because, and this is, well, we're related. <laughs> yes, Hans yes. and Hans. Yeah. yeah. But we definitely do, there is a... Um, there had been something, I don't want to do any spoilers, but that, like you're a politician. There's everything is like, everything you say is very calculated and thought yeah, out. Yeah, there is like a poll, right. There is like an inverse thought yeah. process. And there had been stuff that was in there that like maybe is still baked in there that's not on the screen. screen huh? But that there had been, of course, in the texture of it that their relationship of course these are old 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 friends and then it's yours more. is like no filter it's like the opposite of the political opposite. yeah that's right but yeah. it's like moon we had there had you might be picking up on stuff that had that is deeply yeah. baked the, in there yeah the moon and sun is that what you're gonna say yeah, yeah. Yes. and the jealousy that that comes between the two yeah i mean oh, you know we interesting. <laughs> yeah. very interesting i i mean i think too it's like you know there's a banter and a familiarity yeah. and then you know what I liked about the, all of the group of characters is that even though they're all so different, you wouldn't expect any of these people to be together. They did grow up together, yeah. you know, and then they all kind of have create, you know. Well, they're and all then, and they all hinge and they all on that one stuck on that one person, mm -hmm. the disruptor, as we like to say. Mm -hmm. um, both of you, I'm in love with your filmographies and have been. Uh, but this, I think, is a, is in a way a different look for both of you. This like grand ensemble, this big clue style murder mystery, and like. I will always think that as long if you can talk to me about rock music or you can have something where you're doing a rom-com, <laughs> I'll be happy. Anytime you can make me laugh or also do a rom-com, make me happy. But is mystery something you'd want to continue doing? Is this a look that you'd want to do? Because I mean, you did Skeleton Key, you've done stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's funny because I, I just want to be, I just want to be in movies that have great characters and yeah. great storytelling mm -hmm. and. Um, with people that I love to work with, you know, and I, I never look at my career from the outside in. It, it really yeah. is like the the inside of you know what is happening in the moment, what's available to you, you know, in the yes. moment. And there's certain roles that I would love to play at times that aren't necessarily the ones that are coming my way, and then vice versa. There's ones that are coming my way that I can't wait to. You know, I, it's really about the writing to me at you this point in vibes. my career. Yeah. I mean, Skeleton Key was one of the most fun films I've ever made. And doing mm -hmm. those kinds of like thriller with a great crew and stuff, it's so fun. And then this ensemble too was really special because everyone really loved each other. I don't know if that happens all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to get your real quick response on this. If you have any, are you a mystery fan? Like now is that? I mean, this is this again was something that I, 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 I there's like Kate, like I, it's not like I have any sort of grand plan 
or can look on the outside and be like, oh, what's the next move? It's just kind of like what it kind of unfolds, I yeah. guess, like whatever the next thing is supposed to be. And so this was the next thing. And it was like, just, I'm so grateful for it because I didn't realize how nourishing it would feel to be back in an, in an ensemble with a group of actors. Like I really missed missed yeah. i missed theater and i so this felt very much like that and so i this was exactly what i needed and it was so nourishing i love Catherine hall she could do no wrong in my book mm -hmm. someone else who's been quietly badass for years and people just kind of recently discovered awesome yeah yeah well, it, it, to be honest like i knew i i i i loved her in parks and rec playing like that uh like consultant i think yeah. she always made up like good lies about like you know leslie yeah. nope and all that and um I was well, they like, did oh, not I was... give a fuck whatsoever about the actual election which was kind yeah. of the funniest yeah. i love that insight like so great. whatever yeah. joke where she's just like on her phone she's like yeah yeah yeah, whatever whatever like yeah i'm gonna <laughs> say chris trigger now but like, i will yeah, admit like... i had her and anna guessire merged as one person for a very long time yeah they do they, they, they there's this meme of the two of them and I, I forgot who else. Oh, the one woman from um from Abbott Elementary, the redhead. They say it's the, like it's oh, like yeah. uh, I want them to play sisters, mm -hmm. long like sisters. Peter Weller and Ed Harris. Yeah, <laughs> where, where there there was I think there's one movie that they're both into, and I've, I've never seen it. But. Yeah. but I'm excited for Coven of Chaos because I mean it's once Agatha all along was released, yeah. everyone just fell in love with Catherine Hahn, and I'm like, Catherine Hahn mm -hmm. plus Aubrey Plaza playing witches. Whew. Uh, yeah, sexual and he's like whoo, whoo, whoo. what do you guys think about uh setting it during the pandemic i, I think it's good I, mean, was... I think it's good and can we can we talk about ethan hawk's like crazy cameo yes <laughs> which which is awesome because he was basically he was filming uh moon night nearby and just like showed up for like that day and like he's just in it like, is hey it, hey guys ethan hawk <laughs> <laughs> awesome no i think it's great and i and i love the throwaway thing of like oh yeah yeah you know then they there's basically like a covid cure for rich people right and it's just such a throwaway like you like yeah it's my blood and, <laughs> and i love that it's just like oh no don't you don't need that anymore <laughs> it's like it's like what but it gives you an idea of like the scope and scale of what you're doing like that this is like you know this level of rich right mm -hmm. and, like, I think it that, also it also allows them to slip in the pineapple thing which i really like uh yeah that he's able to be like oh if they, you know the duke don't rock with pineapple and then i like that that comes up at the end of the movie like you're like oh shit like yeah <laughs> plus you know it sets it at this time period where like you know we were all <laughs> if you're watching this you were you're scared and at home and they're going yeah. and having a dinner party like it's already instantly you hate these people yeah. right exactly because they get, get and, do, and do the things right and like mm -hmm. and you know that there are people like that and they were usually these landed gentry like like mm -hmm. moneyed rich people and of course mm -hmm. they had access to like stuff that like the the proles didn't have of course they yeah. did everybody knows it bloom house did a, a horror film recently uh about this where like the bad people are extreme liberals who are uh overreacting to the virus um it's an interesting film uh, but I think it would be interesting if you were a kind of person who watched this movie and thought that it was uh, anti-liberal, you should watch that movie and then compare the two movies because <laughs> it gives you the yeah. justice you need. I'm sorry. I missed, I missed the, uh, the movie. It's called sick. Sick. 
It's about these two girls who go to a cabin uh, alone during the pandemic because their college is shut down, and then somebody comes to try and kill them, and the uh, the reason why is is that a liberal agenda. It's it's it's, it's, it's a liberal agenda, folks. Uh, you know they're 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 coming in there, they're breaking into the cabin. Uh, so I so for a film that so even handily just sort of rips apart everybody, mm-hmm. I'm like annoyed that so many people just dismiss this film. Yeah, and yeah. Not even like I think there's like few the people point? that hated it, but but just to be like, oh, this is not worth anybody's time because there is yeah. absolutely a call for again. And in the way that, like, I, I saw White Lotus, I thought it was fine. I thought it was good. Like, but it didn't. The, it the, doesn't receive, like, the hate it got. It doesn't. Like, and it, and it doesn't it, the, like, the faux importance that it has, where people are like, oh, no, this is an important movie or important series. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. There's nothing no. important about this at it's all. It's just fun. It's a fun it's, and, and if it had been just if it just presented it as just that, like, hey, here's some fun thing, here's some like horrible people like doing horrible things and like, getting away with it, just like rich people normally do. Great. Then I would have been fine with it. But to have it like sold as like some like big important social thing, that was mm-hmm. annoying to me. And it took away my enjoyment of it. Whereas I feel like this didn't do any of that. Got yeah. treated as if it did. And then yeah. like got Seriously, it seems like every single like social circle of, of politics had some reason to like axe to grind against it, which maybe means yeah, it's doing I something mean, right. Which kind of makes sense when you look at it as uh, you know they really do tear everybody apart. Like they tear yeah, it's, everybody apart. It's, it's very even handed. Like don't like ser- like you know like you know some people just get so offended. Like yeah, when, I think- like like we can call each we can call ourselves out. Like if you, there's a thing called self awareness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I well, might just be. Uh, I have you know, that. I might really. Bad. I might just be cool with it because there wasn't anybody like you know overtly leftist in it that uh, I think really got torn apart. So yeah, know. and I think, it, I think yeah, the next why, one why should have. Why would that? Yeah, and, and if that, you put White Lotus next to this film, I think what's really missing is uh, White Lotus uses so much schadenfreude that like it feels pretentious. It feels uncomfortable. Yeah. And how much are you laughing when you're just sitting there in this uncomfortable stink that you're told is comedy? Versus this film, which yeah. had levels. Yeah. And it's actually funny, too. That's the other thing. Yeah, so that's a good point, KT. Because like when, when White Lotus is funny, it's almost incidentally funny. It's like, yeah. oh, that's situationally it's funny. It's like, look at how clever. shitty this person is and they're rich. Right. Whereas Knives Out is like, uh, oh, sorry, Glass Onion, uh, especially Knives Out. But like Glass Onion, like it's very funny. There's a lot of, again, mm-hmm. the fact that, that like there's a cure for COVID and it's as a gag that's like a throwaway, like, you know, 10 second thing. Great. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And they won't and tell anyone what it like just they won't case, tell anyone like, what it is, but they yeah. just give it to you. And then like mm-hmm. fantastic. And this movie is full of stuff like that. Like I, and, I also and, think that they nailed uh like how airplane pointless. style. They hundred percent nailed how pointless and stupid like tech jargon is. Like, I mean, oh, yeah. like I, I've I've for like, you know, for the last couple of years, I've hated I mean, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast. I hate the term disruptors because what the fuck you're not disrupting anything. Right. Like it's the same right. hierarchy. It's the same centers mm-hmm. of capital that, uh, you know, finance everything else. They're like, oh, like the crypto does this. They're like, this is going to disrupt the space. This is going to really change things. You know, we've totally just dis- it's like, no, you haven't. Banks are investing in it. Banks are the biggest fucking investors in crypto. Like yeah. the, that, that bullshit over and over again. And these ideas where it's like, well, we can't really tell if this person is a genius or if they're an idiot because, you know, some of their ideas hit. Like, I love that shit. I love that this movie nails that uh, yeah. like a hundred percent because mm-hmm. it's like Elon Musk just says shit. And you're like, well, 
I mean, some of his ideas have worked, not worked, but like some of his ideas are sold. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. so why, why not, you know, why not, uh, child plus nft was one of them at the beginning i know <laughs> i know uh, oh, yeah, yeah. i think like, another reason right in that like <laughs> yeah. another reason i heard people dislike this movie is that uh it was predictable um and while i somewhat agree with the level of predictability depending on how much you were like super focused on finding the ending uh i also think that ryan johnson has a history of doing movies where like you know the ending and the story is the journey like um, yeah. he said, he wanted to do with the new uh, poker face. It's not a who done it, but a how done it. Yeah, uh, and I think that yeah, maybe so people are weird to kind of embrace that. Like we know what's going to happen. Let's figure out how we got there. But it's yeah, so like, different than the original Knives Out, which is that you know uh, justice is served. They get fucking Captain America. He doesn't even get to stab her because you know the knife. Uh, the knife is a prop knife. Like you know, th like there's some level of justice there. And this, I mean, there which is. Which was also set up right at the beginning too, beautifully. Yeah. Well, so the justice has to be ripped away from them, and then they have to find their own source of justice. I think it's so different than the first one that, like, I don't know if. Uh, burning the glass onion was something that I went in expecting that they were going to do at the end. I'm glad they did, but like, yeah, it's like true disruption though. Just like I was chopping onions right before the show. You know? <laughs> well, I mean, look at like, you know, uh, Edward Orton's character was like, I found a, you know, I came up with a new fuel source, hydrogen. And the first thing I thought of is like, like the blimps, like the, like, like the, the, oh, the humanity. The it was literally the first thing I thought of, but I'm like, you know what though? That tracks. Like it, it makes sense that this is be a dude that would think that'd be clever. Right. And I was like, all right. But the, but I, the second he said, uh, when he say there, he's like, it's, uh, you know, it's ran from seawater. Something about yeah. that just reminded me so much of fucking death to Smoochie that I was like, <laughs> yeah, was like, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, like within it's the confines still. of the movie, <laughs> like, I think you could have made, Edward Norton's character more uh, obviously an idiot. And I don't think this works as well. Well, I mean, I think he the... was subtly an idiot with those constant malapropisms. Yeah, exactly. And it's sort of like, what? <laughs> like, just enough like, to be like, <laughs> like, but you're like, oh, is this guy just so quirky that no one will tell him that like, hey, that's not what that aphorism is or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, like there's mm -hmm. enough disbelief, I think, that you can... Um, or is he trying uh, then, to coin a new term? Yeah, maybe he's a dude that like likes making his own language and like things. Which that, is what like, I mean. Which is what tech jargon a lot of times is, right? They take two 100%. terms and they just yeah. slam them together, mm -hmm. and next thing you know, you know, like uh, it's just something that you're like, this is not number. Like this has never been a real term. But what are you gonna say? Like, oh, all words are made up. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> and and the, well, the beauty too is that you got the contrast uh, between him and Birdie, which Birdie was. Right. hilariously stupid I, I i just love the the one part where it's like um uh what would they reveal that janelle Monet is uh, her sister and um she's like yeah. oh you were telling me about your sister oh <laughs> yeah yeah no, it's it's great she does a great job of of, of playing just oh yeah and the conceit that the the girlfriend is actually quite intelligent and can hold a great yeah. conversation even though she you would think was the bimbo yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. I enjoyed that, that, that's, that as well. That's a good that's a good turnaround. And um I don't know, like I just feel like uh, uh you know, like this is I was surprised to see people have such a negative reaction to it. I'm like, this is what you're upset about? Like especially what? in the wake of liking White Lotus so much. Exactly. Well, and White Lotus gets a pass. And I to be fair, I don't dislike White Lotus, but I'm like, why are you putting importance on this? This is clearly trying to be important. 
and like somewhat enjoyable, but it's not important. It's not important at all. There's another another gag I wanted to reference before Christina says what she's about to say um, was the Kanye wall, where he has the wall behind him and it's just <laughs> Kanye as a, as a, as Jesus. And also, can we talk about Serena Williams' cameo as like the, the live trainer? <laughs> that's a great visual gag. That's that's amazing. I'm all for it. Well, also, also, I, I, I think that like we're at, we're getting to a point where it's like not you know, uh, where it's like edgy to actually like hate something now, like, like, uh, like I'll use Snyder fanboys I mean, for instance. We've we've been at that point for like a decade, I think. Yeah, but it's just it seems like it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And like, if you like something, then your credibility goes out the door. Uh, but like not to well whatever make fun of the Snyder fanboys they still think that Suicide Squad is better than the Suicide Squad and I'm like no it's, it's not a, it's Please objectively stop. insane I mean like yeah that's this, you, you know this, what you know what it is we've taken like hipsters which everyone was making fun of in like 2012 2013 and just like allowed them to be an accepted thing yeah where it's like you know because like for a while it was like yo these are like the worst people you know like hipsters fucking suck like it's that one guy that tells you he got into that band before you did and like he always has to tell you that or yeah. like um you know he's like oh well you know that band used to be good but they fucking you know they suck now they sold out and it's like it's always like oh well it's some guy pretending to be like ahead of the culture even though like he's just some guy like you, you know what i mean yeah. like but mm -hmm. now we've allowed kind of everybody to be that with yeah. like twitter just enjoy <laughs> things yeah yeah yeah. I mean, but 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 we'll but we know what art when art sucks and Suicide Squad sucks. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just right. enjoy things, except for Suicide Squad, which fucking sucks. Also, don't call it art. Yeah. No, and I, I will I will actually make a soft uh defense of, of David Ayer because I think he's an interesting director, but none of his yeah, films right. are good. Yeah. <laughs> How many Fast and Furious films are we gonna get? Okay, I'm tired. Of it. It's been like what twenty years. Another great yeah. example of it's enjoyable to watch these ridiculous shit shows. Yes. Like, just give me a big bowl of popcorn, and I'm gonna sit here and laugh my ass off as that car goes through like six buildings into a helicopter because family. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we already we already uh, came up with the idea though. The final, um, the final Fast and Furious has to be Fast and the Furious Airbud, and yeah. they have to link up with Airbud somehow. <laughs> Which has we, we established this, the uh, there's no rule that you can do this, so I guess it, it dogs, was are, dogs are very much a part of family too. You know? It was true. in the it was in the Argentina 1985 episode <laughs> where we established canonically how many Airbud films there are. Spoiler alert, a lot more than you think so. Oh, yeah. No, uh, John There's Oliver so does a, a real deep dive into the concept of the Airbud series and how yeah. it is uh, culturally dangerous to allow things to happen simply because there are not rules against it. <laughs> it's worth your time. Worth your time watching. <laughs> I, yeah, and uh, I guess stay tuned Yeah, for Airbud 75, Fast John, and the Furious. With John Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I think I think the Airbud rule is that, that's John Oliver saying family. <laughs> the Airbud rule is up there with uh, the bad lieutenant scale for uh, police policing in movies, which I hope to bring back when we have RoboCop uh, on well, with Slim. We can finally establish what the bad lieutenant. We're having scale RoboCop on. We, we're having Peter Weller on. <laughs> this is what wait, happens when I try to get wait, things out quickly. Wait, what? <laughs> we're doing RoboCop on this show. 
so. Who are you getting Peter Weller? No, no, no. Okay, because no. I was about to lose my shit. Who, um, I love Peter Weller. We, Actually, we, somebody, we, somebody we, that's we in the like orbit. Him. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody in the orbit of the show actually has Peter Weller's phone number and has had him on a guest on his show. And mm. he's currently streaming right now, so he's not watching this. So you, should, <laughs> you should listen to the unspooled about Robocop. Get yourself a deep dive Air, into some very interesting Air facts Gumby. about the making of it. I uh it's one of my favorite movies. So I'm very I'm very excited yeah. for that one. Yeah. But, yeah, oh, we we yeah. may or may we may or may not get the actual Robocop, but it's not gonna be on okay. the episode of Robocop. But. <laughs> so wielding back to Glass Onion. <laughs> Uh, do you want to you want one more clip? Yeah, let's do it. Let's let, lay into it. So this is this is uh, one where uh, Edward Norton and Janelle Monae talk about their friendship, which Janelle Monae killed it in this, and I definitely want to talk about that. Uh, she's great. She's really good. Has she acted a lot? I feel like I haven't seen her acting much. She's, she's, she's actually she was in Stargate. <laughs> Stargate Airbud. <laughs> I really love so many of the things that this movie does. I love how great y'all, I got to see it at TIFF and that was such an incredible night. But then I found out something that made me a little mad and I'm just gonna say it. Apparently y'all did a duet of David Bowie <laughs> that didn't make it. And like, I really like Ryan, but I was ready to fight him when oh, I found that out. Like, yes. so just tell me about that moment so I can visualize it in it my was brain. everything. We were in Belgrade, Serbia. Yeah. We, we, we had been, we idea. had been talking about what did, it, what, what, when What's it was good story? between our characters, when the yes. friendship was formed and the partnership was formed that led to the company, that led to the breakup, that's the core of the, the history of the movie. We were thinking about, we were thinking about, well, what, what was it like when it was good between them? And we were just riffing and I knew we were both mega Bowie fans and Janelle, I knew Janelle had in concert done covers yeah. of, of Moon Age Moon Daydream. Daydream. Yeah. And I said, is that, did you ever record that? No. Did anyone ever tape it? No. And I said, then I said, well, what if, what if they had an open mic night at the bar and, and we did Moon Age Daydream because I can play it and Janelle can sing yeah. the shit out of it. So, so we kind of pitched it to Ryan and he goes, hey, why not? Like at the end of the day, <laughs> let's yeah. set it up and shoot a couple of takes of it. So <gasps> he, he was, gave us, I think he was indulging our desire was. to have the connection a little he bit. Can he indulge mine and release it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he definitely has it. And Catherine Hahn and Kate Hudson are our backup singers. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. You've given and me she's a in a very 90s wide-shouldered leather jacket with a Ooh. funny bob. And I'm in... Uh, I don't. I think I've got a top knot. And I think I, I think it's when hair. it's when Miles was thinking he's Tom Cruise in Last Samurai. Oh, I dig. Oh I, I, I do love the timeline of this, and you guys get to see all in very different iterations. And that's all I will say without giving too many spoilers. Yeah. Know, but the one thing I could say about Andy is you can draw the line from Brick with Megan Good through every Ryan Johnson. Mm. It seems like there's always a woman usually maybe marginalized, that is at the center of his stories. And mm -hmm. she is a woman that so many doubt. Kelly Marie Tran is another one. Obviously, mm -hmm. Anna, like a woman mm -hmm. being doubted and just showing how fierce and awesome they are. And mm -hmm. Andy is that. And then on top of everything else, he gave you a lot to do with this. So like yeah. talk about this pitch for Andy and all the things you had to do with her. I think Ryan roots for the underdog. Yeah, I love what you just said too. We've been yeah. we've been saying that. That's exactly what I think yeah. is a real through line that gives his movies some real heart at the center. I love Let you know who you're that. pulling for. Yeah. Thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think when I read the script, I obviously thought about all of all of the women that I've just know in my personal life who have gone through those experiences where 
you know, they've had a falling out with their partners and, you know, you're living in this, in this world where again, your ideas are stolen, taken, you're not taken seriously. Like you come up with the short end of the stick. And I think because it's in this murder mystery setting for me, it was just exciting to be able to play with the complicated past that she has with, with friends. I mean, this person, my character is very wealthy as well. So it, it speaks to classism, but it also, it does speak to that, like, you know, that underdog spirit that yeah. you're, you're, you're rooting for. And I got a chance to just go, go there. You know, I got a chance to play. I got a chance to, to tap into different corners that I necessarily, I didn't, I hadn't done. I mean, comedy, you know, there is lots of humor in this. My character is funny action. as hell. Sis lots is of action. There's lots of drama, the emotional deep. Like, I'm thankful for every role I've done up to date because I don't think I would have been as prepared. You know what I mean? Yeah. I totally forgot she was in Hidden Figures, which I loved, by the way. Hidden Figures mm. was amazing. Wild underrated oh, really movie good. for that year. Um, yeah, she's great in this. And, and I, I like that she, I mean, the, the sort of same observations we talked about earlier in the show, right? That's like, it's kind of like the thing for these movies is, is uh, it's, it's, who's, who's centered in it. Well, it's not necessarily uh, the Jordan Peterson crowd. <laughs> and I love that. I think that, that that's, that's awesome. And again, that's, that's, there's worse things to be known for, for sure. And maybe he, I mean, he definitely, I, he definitely um, likes to center uh, marginalized people. He definitely likes to yeah. um, center, you know, like actors that you wouldn't necessarily uh, put into those roles. If you're, you know, some, like another you know straight cis white guy that's directing a movie that you know is uh it's more conventional i guess and i think that that's what you know that's what makes them stick out and that, and you can see it from the very beginning right with that um with the role they point out in the in the in brick um i forget what she was named in brick but yeah i mean it's it's uh you know hey again there's worse things to be known for and i love the fact like having katherine hahn right again who everyone just recently discovered was fantastic which which is great i mean that's awesome she's always been great it's like it's how i feel about andrea resborough's uh uh oscar nomination she's great have you seen mandy she's great <laughs> you know like it's and, and like and just stand out in a movie like mandy <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean jesus christ like, like she's memorable in a way that's like wow there's a lot going on in that film and a lot of it's very distracted like uh, uh, that's awesome and and i love very much that these are ensembles and yeah. I think it, I think there's not a lot of I feel like there used to be more of these kinds of things, but like the hey, let's get a bunch of like cool, talented people you like seeing on screen together, and they'll like you know be <laughs> what, what the chat was pretty people and clever dialogue. Yeah, it's like, how, how do you get all these people together? <laughs> well, ensemble casting still needs ensemble writing, and that's where a lot of this stuff fails. Is this works because every single character gets a really juicy role with good monologues and 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 background and motive, uh, and you can say that these actors got to fulfill them all the way. And why is that so rare these days? I don't know. Because uh, I I like all these like movies that, are too long. I know that much. <laughs> I feel like that genre of film kind of peaks for a little bit with uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. Like where they were like, yeah, let's get a bunch of random fucking actors, and they also did it in the '90s with like that movie Rat Race, which not good. But uh, like, it's oh, like yeah. a, it's like but, a crappy version of, or yeah. even uh, yeah. duets. That terrible movie with Gwyneth Paltrow, where like it just Ooh. had everybody in it. Yeah, it sure did. Yeah. Shortcuts would be the one I would use. I'm a big Altman fan, so I would use okay. I would use Shortcuts as an example. Which how have we never done Shortcuts? Have we done any Altman movies? Oh, we did The Player. 
Kind yeah. of. That was a crossover episode. Um, I love all men. Uh, it's awesome. Anyway. Um, Brave we do? Dance. <laughs> Look, I'm not afraid to say it. People uh, people might uh, rip me up for it, but I think Robert Altman's a good filmmaker. <laughs> but Shortcuts is a, is a perfect example. Magnolia, maybe? I guess Magnolia. Yeah, and you know right. what? I was really getting uh, Tom Cruise Magnolia vibes off of Edward Norton in this more than Last Samurai, especially with the hair like that. <laughs> totally. Totally. That's uh... <laughs> that, That's awesome. And and. Um... Well, the one and the last thing I'll say for uh, for for Mr. Cruz, I love. It wasn't an episode I was on; it's before I was on a regular on the show. But like Tropic Thunder, his roles is. Yeah, I didn't even yeah, know that was him at first. And uh, based and apparently based off a real dude, which is even more hilarious. But, but like that Les Grossman character, like I like the first time I watched, I, like I, it took me till the end of the movie, I think, and I was like, oh shit, that's Tom Cruise. Tom, exactly, because <laughs> he's so good. You're like, yeah. Without the ability to make fun of yourself once you reach that level of stardom, I yeah. think, you know, like, he's basically playing like Harvey Weinstein almost. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that. he's like Alec Baldwin did that very well when he did Thirty Rock. Uh, to a lesser degree, Betty White has done that. Like, you yep. just have to become a farce of yourself. Well, um, and it works out well. I mean, Edge of Tomorrow, uh, which we've also covered in the show, I feel is a really underrated film, uh, especially mm-hmm. in the genre. Mostly kind of done harm by the title, but like Emily Blunt's just like. Is, is basically the 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 lead and like he's like the fuck up and that's great and then yeah. like you know it turns around but like what a great turnaround for someone that's like one of the great leading men of his times etc anyway why do you think about edging, tom cruise whatever edging <laughs> is he gonna be in glass onion too he could he could be i would i would love it if he was in if he was in uh knives out three actually andy i think it would, would be right <laughs> yeah. uh but he was playing something along the lines of his character in tropic thunder where it's like that's tom cruise like that kind or, of, or like. if he's he's uh, playing a, a, a little bit against type, like in um uh you know what is it uh live live die or whatever that, that they renamed um uh Edge of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, live die uh, repeat. Live die repeat, which is yeah. a better title, but still not good. No, <laughs> <laughs> still not good for such Listen, a great movie. All right, he's gonna he's gonna live. He's gonna die, die. and then he's gonna repeat that. <laughs> but these these actors get jammed into these roles so consistently that like. I can see why when they can get free and play something like in Tropic Thunder, they they just go full force for it, like full hog, yeah, yeah, like uh, like Daniel Craig in this. He actually says Nicholas Cage, that's a three. Thank you. Okay. Sorry. Yes, I know that would yes. Uh, he actually said that if it wasn't for Austin Powers, we wouldn't wind up with the character that you have for him in these movies because Austin Powers made his bond have to be so tight ass. They couldn't make any jokes. They had to make it real straight edge that once he was finally free of that contract, he grabbed the craziest fucking role he could. And here we are. I love it. I love it. And, and and I, it's crazy because I like Daniel Craig's bond a lot, but I don't like those films very much, but I think he's good in it, but it's very clearly not what he wants to do. Too, which is hilarious and like so then it becomes like it's know, a waste of his talent it feels exactly he's an actor he's an actor yeah. he's not, you know he's like not a watch act- model precisely and like there's plenty of people that like you know do a great job of uh you know get frank grillo he can be bond sure dude i was mm, <laughs> I mean, where's that <laughs> i actually worked worked the purge with frank grillo uh, oh really is yes he is awesome. He is so much energy and he seems and like a lot be the to control too. on set. He is a really very chill dude. Yeah. 
Speaking of time club movies, there was that was a boss level, right, Andy? That that was a that was an underrated uh, feature in Frank Grillo. That's like you know, absolutely. I think they should get get, uh, Dave Bautista in there to uh, to play James Bond. He already was in a Bond film. You know, he now he can be the the lead role. (laughs) He'll he'll put on the glasses. It'll be enough. He can be Double O Drax. Exactly. Are we doing letterbox one liners now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. So Letterboxd, of course, is a place for film. It's a place for film lovers to talk out with into each other about the films they loved, the films that they didn't love, the films that they were inherently thirsty for. Uh, and of course, all of this is best expressed succinctly. Uh, it, it's a bottom-up democracy. Everyone gets to have their say, not Siskel's and Ebert's, but uh, well, let's keep it tight. Let's keep it tight. Let's be like Arlen Specter working on his tight five. <laughs> See what I did there? It's a callback. Uh <laughs> and, uh, you know, keep it succinct. These are the letterbox one-liners for Glass Onion. Benoit Blanc running the LGBT community like it's the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, especially amazing with this back with this background. That's why I picked it. This is ba- that background's great. He's got the gun. <laughs> it's loose. Agatha Christie for kids who grew up taking Am I Bisexual? Quizzes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, on the nose. Well, well, well. I, I, I do declare after reading this, uh, th- 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 this here quiz, I think I might be, uh, you know, attracted to Hugh Grant. <laughs> also, tag she did that exclamation point on that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> and had and uh, with Eric, I don't know who Eric is. With but... Eric, yeah, you know, yeah. With bro is I think my favorite one. <laughs> what I've ever seen with bro. All right, can mean a lot of things. Oh, there's the next one. Wait, we're on the next one. Yeah. I didn't. Oh, just refresh. When Miles said, this isn't just a rich asshole house, I really thought he was going to follow it up with, it's a rich asshole home. (laughs) (laughs) Live, laugh, rich asshole. By the way, this user, I am the subtitles. I'm a fan. That's good. good. Uh, I, I need to see their work. (laughs) <laughs> we'll see I'll, look, I'll it's right there. in front of you bro <laughs> <laughs> alright one second the mystery of Mark Zuckerberg killing Andrew Tate was really fun <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> that, one, that one got my high pitched laugh yeah, yeah, no. it's good that's, that's, it's, 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 I I kind of tune out sometimes when I'm doing these. So that one took me by surprise. It's it's a good bit. It's a good bit. Good on you, Holla. I could recognize Ethan Hawke's grubby little ponytail anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I love Ethan Hawke, man. Ethan Hawke's great. Oh, yeah. He he lives right here in New Paltz, New York. He did for a while. That's that's my dad. My dad. uh, My dad took a yoga class with like Uma Thurman when they lived here. Get him on the show. I was going to say, that doesn't sound like it would suck. (laughs) I'd rather drink gasoline right from the nozzle than Jared Leto's hard kombucha. Uh, (laughs) I I, I forgot about I think I tuned out that bit on purpose. Like, I think my brain was like, yeah, yeah, Jared Leto's hard kombucha. Like, I'm not. That's not what we're here for. It's it's the perfect. Well, it's one of the perfect uh, celebrity product things, though, that. 
Again, everybody gets it in this. Like, what the hell, man? I thought that they were going to use that because uh, I, I used to work at Whole Foods. And every once in a while, the kombucha, which ferments, would explode in those glass jars. And it would sound like a gun going off. Ooh. So, KT, you're saying you thought it was Chekhov's kombucha? I thought they were going to Chekhov kombucha. Exactly. <laughs> I, I bet you they got the idea from the uh, the story I heard once about uh, Denzel Washington doing uh, fences on uh, stage. And um, he accidentally bought fermented uh, kombucha and oh. everybody got uh, like sloshed before yeah. a show. Yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. Oh. It's terrifying to witness a billionaire entrepreneur hold people captive to his whims. Even when he demonstrates he is a complete moron and not suitable to lead a marching band, let alone humanity into the future. Anyway, enough about what's happening on Twitter right now. Glass Onion was a fun romp. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Well, a little I, longer I, than I normally pull, but I thought that was worth it. Was I, I just, I, I didn't like the movie because uh, I can't even do a good, like, I, I don't even know what Elon's ask, accent is. Like, It's, it's that not, South it's, African accent. It's so weird yeah, because it's, South it's like, yeah. I, well, I know where he's from and I know, but I'm just saying like. No, it's like a little, very, it's a little Did you know he's from South Africa? <laughs> it sounds like District 9 middle management. Like the movie yeah. District 9, but a middle <laughs> management. Yeah, so yeah maybe, maybe that's why I don't. World. It's so boring. <laughs> Comedy is, in fact, not legal on Twitter anymore. Mm. Comedy is not legal on Twitter anymore. That's Sorry. better. It's better. But when you when you consider the fact that, like, right now they're having that grand jury where um, you know so many of these these people are complaining about having their Twitter accounts shut down, it's not again. It's not entirely surprising that people responded to this movie by being angry and screaming and how dare you make fun of me? How dare you cut off my Twitter account? You know? Yeah. How dare get, you mock my hero, Elon Musk? I, I do love the uh, not oh, suitable. How, how dare you? How dare you mock Elon Musk? He's just trying his best. <laughs> the the uh, not suitable to lead a marching band, let alone humanity into the future, is a great line. By the way, mm. All right. I'm a little jealous of that. <laughs> mm. I'm I'm going to lead the marching band. Everybody, everyone, just get get in line <laughs> in the formation and, and if it keep him busy, <laughs> keep him off the internet. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, you, you one of the marching, one of the people like, in the marching band charisma. fucking explodes. One of the people in the marching band just catches fire randomly. What, 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 <laughs> oh, wow! What what's okay. what's what's going on back there? Is there is there a fire? No one no one talk about this. Nobody nobody mentioned this. Must be or a I will, or I will revoke all of your instruments. <laughs> Jeremy Renner hot sauce sales skyrocketing after this. Dude, see, the first thing I thought about was the fucking clip where he's like, I gotta tell you. <laughs> I still I still can't believe the headline cut off that you sent us in the message chats for Jeremy Renner. <laughs> I can't believe how unfortunate that was. We'll throw we'll 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 throw we'll throw that up uh, a little later on. But uh can I just say nobody's isolated vocals sounds that awesome uh usually, but yeah, that's no. that's a specific case of like, ooh, man, Jesus. <laughs> I, I, can't... Do, I gotta tell you. <laughs> what, Andy? What? I like I like Jesus uh, and Mara going through it. They're like, Papa Dupa Dupa. I got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, it's a perfect story. I, I've listened to plenty of isolated vocals, and it's just it never sounds that good. Yeah, it, it's it's not normally it's just, a good idea. People think yeah. they want him. Like I assure you, you don't. Like no, no, you don't. And that's rarely is it a good idea. Unless unless it's the uh, in thirty feet uh, was it thirty feet from stardom? Some amount of feet from stardom. That documentary about the uh, backup singers where you get to hear um, uh, "Give Me Shelter" and you get to hear her uh, isolated vocals for it. That is cool. 
And okay. I love that she 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 went into the studio in the middle of the night with like Coroner Stone her hair and did that vocal and is like, hell yeah. But that is like the exception that proves the rule. Generally speaking, you say you want it, you don't want that. Thank you. <laughs> the continuing adventures of Foghorn Leghorn, the super sleuth years. <laughs> that's that's my friend Jason Lee on uh, um, on a uh, letterboxed. I thought that we get a bigger laugh. I thought that's maybe we could already do five going. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll say, I'll say, uh, I'll say, I'll say, I thought that one would get over, son. It's comedy. <laughs> slap, slap, slap. Uh, <laughs> comedy. Uh, uh, I'll say, I'll say, I, I, I do believe uh, comedy is, uh, it, it, it's not, it's not legal on Twitter. I'll say on Twitter. I hear comedy <laughs> was legal, Ed, sir. <laughs> <laughs> calling it glass onion is such a coward's way to be calling it chives out. That's the winner. That's the oh. comment. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> Those are the letterbox one-liners for Glass Onion. Please follow the show. Uh, that's Detective Flocko over there, aka Jeremy Renner's single batch hot sauce. Uh, you can follow the show and all the episodes, all the movies that we cover on there. I am Kona Neutron, very bad at dumb things. Follow me on Letterbox. I'm doing all the uh, high, mid, and populous stuff. Take the Criterion Challenge along with me. I'm doing that currently right now. And uh, Jay Andrew hanging with Daryl World. Whoops, this is, I can't do the thing. Uh, is uh, dis disrupting over there. And he is watching the weirdest stuff. <laughs> so you don't have to. Which is the most Nicholas Winding ref and lighting that I've ever seen. <laughs> and uh, we love him for it. He's just he's disrupting the, uh, the lighting paradigm as we speak. And we love him for it. Uh, Glass Steagall is not Batman. But uh, mm -hmm. you can uh, maybe try to entice her to do some stuff with her letterbox account. She's uh, she's she's gearing up. She's thinking about it. She's busy streaming like twenty four hours a day. So yeah, <laughs> people have been asking more and more about what Cosmopolitics is is, is up to, and uh, specifically about your letterbox. Oh, good. Well, so. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> What a, what a reaction. Amazing. Uh, Katie, I forget. Are you, are you a letterbox user on there? I, 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 I am in the that. exact emotional space that, that, that you are in about letterbox where I'm, I'm like letterbox curious, but also like <laughs> letterbox curious. <laughs> if I spread myself any thinner, I'm literally going to wind up going at the camera, uh, like butter over too much toast. Um, that's, that's an I can't believe image. I managed to find time to watch the movies we go over for this podcast. No, this show is busy. I get yeah. it. I get it. Um, well, anyway. We're going to move it down to I, once a week uh, in, in March, right? Like, Yeah, that's, yeah. that's the idea. I did want to yeah. give a shout out to something that my friend is doing that is really, really interesting. Um, he's kickstarting uh, the second season of a podcast that he does called the Starwell Foundation. Uh, it's oh, cool. it's basically like um, make a wish, but in a universe where um, superheroes are real. And so they have this make a wish foundation. Oh. And suddenly some of the children start wishing to, instead of meeting superheroes, meet supervillains. And so Ooh. we follow the PR Yay. intern assigned to dealing with PR for villains and interacting with great. children. That and uh, awesome. so you can go to Kickstarter. Uh, it's uh, it's being launched through Opinions May Vary, which is their old podcast. But if you type Starwell Foundation, you'll find the Kickstarter. And, uh, you know, they hit their first goal. But, you know, it's always good to get them some extra money. And then the next season will have some really great folk actors in it. Uh, and I'm pretty hyped for it. It's by Alex, who helped me make Girl in the Basement. He was the special oh, awesome. effects guy. So, yeah, Yeah. Run of the Basement family. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a great segue into the plugs. Jay Andrew, hang with Daryl World. Please, please, please take it away. All right. Right now you're watching us on YouTube. Do all the YouTube things. Like, comment, subscribe. Hit that bell. And the big ask is to watch the video to the end so other movie fans can find our content and you get a great Kona Neutron song. You really do. Um, I feel pretty good about the remix version of, of the of our theme. Yeah. The, th yeah. the three things that bother me about the last one are now gone, so thankfully. Um, we're also on <laughs> Twitch. Uh, do the Twitch stuff. Throw us a sub. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you're supposed to do on Twitch, but... Uh... Send biddies. Okay. What she said. That sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah, it got... Yeah, I was worried I was going to get like, you know, like HR. Was call after I, I... <laughs> Christina's the only one that knows what she's doing on, on that platform in this show. So just listen to her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you can find us on other social media sites. We are on Facebook, we're on Twitter, and we are on Instagram. So if you're on any of those, follow the show. Um... Twitter for now. Yeah. yeah. Until comedy is made legal again, and then we're freaking out of there. Then we can't stand that. <laughs> but hey, yeah, um, I hate legal comedy more than anything. Everyone talks about it. I'm known for it. Find us on there. Ask us questions. We we would love to to talk to you out there. Um, we do have a uh, Twitter community, uh, where where I put up polls. Um, where we share like stupid things. Uh, or or just recently. Oh, we watched. do, huh? Okay. I share stupid things. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, you can you can find lots of uh, fun stuff uh, there if, if you want to join us. And uh, like I said, I come I join us in a dying medium everyone hates. <laughs> yeah, but no, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun. nice it's if you're on there, there's a nice corner in it. Yes, that's all. Uh, but we do have a Patreon. And so please help us with our Patreon. Uh, whenever you sign up and subscribe, you get access to our after parties forever. Uh, Come play with us. Oh, we got it, sort of. Hard. Yeah, it's better. We're out of practice, man. We're <laughs> we gotta get it right by the time Sam Cedar gets here. <laughs> Maybe I'll just record it. <laughs> yeah. it oh, 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 baby. Yeah, record it. That'll be the theme song. Like instead of using like the regular movie night extravaganza. We can use when we do the other parties, have After Party Forever be the theme song for it. Oh, okay. Right. Ah, see. Okay. There we I go. Like nice, just, Marty. I like how I just came up with more work for myself and Christina added on to it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do enough. And also make that soundboard. Yeah, yeah. And also get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. It's a good callback. But uh, yeah, uh, if you uh, want more Code of Neutron whenever he's uh, super busy, check out his uh, show, Protonic Reversal. That's right. Uh, who's coming up this out. week? Rose Marshak of the Poster Children, Salary Man, and um, she has a new book that is awesome, and uh, I think it's a Play Like a Man. Yes, Play Like a Man, My Life in Poster Children. Uh, she's been on a couple times. Poster Children are a very inspirational band for me. Uh, her appearances are always great. Uh, this is a great book, and this is, it comes from a very unique perspective of someone that uh, you know, they wrote the major label ride and then continue to make music afterwards uh, she's a professor she's a mom she does a lot of stuff uh it's a it's a great book should be a great episode thursday eight eastern seven central six mountain five pacific excellent and of course if you need some more music in your life uh check out uh there's a patreon for our show too we never mentioned that and it's at only a dollar a month bernie sanders style so yes yeah and you so, get access all to these the apparently show. loaded people watching this and like i need to give money to people <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but you get access to the shows early, so you can get, you know, 
people people ask people ask him right after it airs like hey i i can't see i can't find the episode of like yeah you can find it for a dollar oh wait yeah <laughs> jerks thanks to pants load yeah all right you don't want to hear that bad huh okay <laughs> but, but but if you do want to hear some great music neutron friends uh, bandcamp.com you yes. can uh get uh Kona Neutron songs on whatever your preferred listening pleasure is. Uh, if you want CDs, he's got CDs. If you want records, he's got records. Or you can just download an audio file and have instant gratification, folks. Instant gratification. Plus, you can get his whole catalog for a real low price. So, so go there right now. Including Crybullies, which yes. has art by one J. Andrew World, which is the yeah. single. It's coming out. And, and Commuter does, home. too, if you, if you really want to. It wanna, does. You yes. know, if, you, if you're only... Only there for my art. <laughs> you know, those are the two tracks to get. Yeah. Or yeah. you could just buy the whole. <laughs> I guess the rest of it's fine too, but uh, yeah. This is fine. Uh, Christina, what's co- uh, you have any plans uh, coming up on your show? Uh, well, tomorrow, I think I'm going on a podcast called uh, Dig on America. So that should oh. be fun. Um, that should be great. Stay long, America? Dig what? on America. Oh, I got it way wrong. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was like, they yeah, have pills be, for that now. And I'll be, yeah, I'll be streaming <laughs> on and off this week. Uh, I'm debating whether or not to stream after the show or just catch up on sleep so I could be awake for the podcast. I might just sleep hmm. after the after party. So yeah, we're probably going to be talking about more about the. Ohio train derailment that happened that no one's talking about. That, that like literally is in the movie White Noise in the exact location that it's at. That's oh, and more train derailments have been happening too. So it's like wow. So, but no, I, let's let's talk about balloons and Can I ask you a question? You know, I'd we're not heard... talking about classified documents. <sighs> mm. Yeah, I had heard that the the payload on that train that went uh, and, and derailed recently was hazardous material, but somehow they had managed to label it passenger train. And I had not gotten the chance to check that that uh, factoid. Uh, I don't know, but there there have been more hazardous chemicals that were discovered on that train. I don't, so I don't like, think it was a passenger train. Like they labeled it as a passenger train, but they managed it to get the uh, the the label on it downgraded or whatever. Okay. further yeah. than what it was supposed to be because they'd have to actually um like treat it as a different thing i don't know i was reading it last mm-hmm. night and i was okay. like, kind of drinking at the same time yeah. so yeah really... <laughs> literally half of ohio is inhabitable now yeah. get out of ohio i mean ohio was never inhabitable but yeah yeah <laughs> touche <laughs> oh stevie that's a good one i probably should there's there's certainly enough of them jesus christ yeah <laughs> i've lost back at this point yeah um, uh, but, but a, a big part of the Ohio thing also is that, uh, like Obama era rules on breaks even might've helped, um, prevent this from happening. And it's like, number one, the corporation, uh, you know, skirted rules on late, like, like the actual, you know, label of the train and they skirted rules, which on, on something that would have triggered the break thing, I think. And, and then, um, and, and labor too, like, like labor would have yeah. also kind of helped it. And yeah, there was, sh- the, uh, and it didn't uh, help that Biden prevented a railroad strike too. So. Well, yeah. one of the, one of the main demands was about, um, safety. And one of the things about safety was the brakes and yep. What yep. a fucking perfect storm. So we'll talk about all this and more as well as the Oscars uh, on the after party <laughs> coming up, which I think KT is going to join us for. Yeah, I'll stay for it. Yeah. Fresh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Excellent. And of course, you know, buy Christina coffee, go to coffee, uh, K-O-F-I 
dot com slash cosmopolitics. I just got my Twitch payout. Woohoo! Happy Valentine's Day to me. But buy her copy, folks. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I know, uh, Katie, you you already uh, plugged your friends. Um... Yes, I plugged that, that Starwell Foundation. Uh, and opinions may vary, but I'll say it again: it's Starwell Foundation. Uh, I switched my handle up here to Little Deadly Creature uh, off of my. Um, Twitter handle because I, I honestly don't tweet that much. This is my Instagram. So if you're actually looking to find me and what I'm doing on any given day, you can follow me on Instagram. I will be releasing uh, my first collection of pottery. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a oh. cat cat and cannabis themed pottery. Um, and that's kind of what I'm up to right now. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Really crosses over with movies, but here we are. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> gotta do something you- with your hands while you're watching a movie. no that sounds great um Mm -hmm. is there a place where people can find out or just on your instagram find me on instagram right now uh and i'll i'll boot it to you know it's gonna get its own account it's gonna get its own website but boy i haven't done that yet so at little deadly creature for people to listen on the uh, podcast little deadly creature you'll find me there all right and i got one more plug here um uh, this being Oscar month, uh, one of my uh, dearest friends, uh, uh, Eric Treston, uh, was loved Oscars. He took his own life. So I just want to uh, tell people out there, if you're hurting, um, people care about you. Uh, please call. You can call or text 988 from uh, your phone. Um, that also works on landline phones, not the texting, but the calling. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or you can call 1-800-273-8255. Um, if you are trans and you're having issues, and I know I know right now it's really hard for y'all because um, of all those uh, laws being passed, but uh, uh, please, please call uh, 1-877-565-8860. Um, I, I know right now my, my kid's been hurting because uh, one of their friends tried to take their life because of their, uh, you know, uh, which is... I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, that, uh, also, there was, there was uh, some... Uh, this girl in the UK, I think yesterday, um, ended up dying because she got stabbed by two uh, kids. The amount of fucking assholes celebrating that is just, it makes me want to redact, 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 redact. Don't the, say the UK, the UK is really like, the UK is like worse than us with transphobia, which is hard to like. Thanks, Joanne, by the way. It's like hard to contemplate that, but they've they've somehow like gotten different types of transphobia that we don't even have here yet. Like their yeah. second biggest uh, organization like, is like the L- the LG like LGB Alliance, which purposely yeah. dropped the T from their alliance because Ugh. like so it's like a gay a gay and lesbian transphobic organization. Of course, it's not actually. I think it's run by conservative like cis straight people. Like it's not. Of but course. Still. Yeah. Of course. Turns out they're still colonizing, just in a different way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I do want to say too, um, uh, for uh, LGBTQ uh, life uh, youth, ah, can't speak here. LGBTQ li- uh, youth, uh, call one eight six six four eight eight seven three eight six. That is the Trevor Lifeline. And finally, for all the veterans out there, call one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five, and then press one. Awesome. There you go. So, final thoughts. Yeah. I- I think this is a movie that people should see and enjoy and not that you know pressure themselves over what other people think about it mm-hmm. i think that's, that's good advice for uh for most movies these days like 
people are people are just i don't know people go a little bit too hard on uh on, on some of the stuff and then they see other people do it and they're like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna seem cool by also doing it and i just feel like this movie suffers it's from that weird. it's silly. haters gonna hate it's it's silly it's i mean you know if it's predictable i mean i don't necessarily think it is but like if it's predictable just enjoy the fun of a movie like this right like it's uh mm-hmm. yeah i had a good time yeah yeah people need uh, to learn to enjoy the ride yeah, people don't yeah. people seem to get enjoyment out of hating on stuff which is like yeah sure do <laughs> but uh yeah christina i agree with everything kt said definitely definitely worth a watch uh is it as good as the first one no i mean see, sometimes sequels can be just as good if not better sometimes but this is you know it, i look forward to like the next like next in the series it just feels different, right? Like it just feels like a very different, um, like the, the aesthetic is different. It's not so stylized. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it, like, it, maybe it's stylized, but like in a different way, it doesn't have like that, uh, you know, that modern, but also kind of, uh, almost like Victorian. But that's style. fine. Like th- those Perot movies were like that too. And, and yeah. books. like, you know, it's, it's the, the correlated factor was like, okay, there's this stuff. Sherlock Holmes. I mean, mm-hmm. God, oh, all the way God. Back, you know, like, yeah, I actually liked this more than Knives out. I thought it was a little bit more whimsical. And nothing says nothing says whimsical like like this accent. <laughs> I say, I say, whimsical. His accent whimsical. even is more whimsical in this one, I think. Uh, but uh, Andy, I am glad that because uh, uh, because when it first came out, I I legit thought this was like a sequel to Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and, and I'm like, why why are they bringing back Kevin Spacey's weird Southern character? Um, but but uh, then then I kind of realized like 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 we did kind of dodge a bullet because. Uh, in a different timeline, uh, Kevin Spacey could have been cast as this because you know he's just known for that stupid Southern accent of his. Um, yeah, yeah. But but uh, I, I'm I'm quite glad we got Daniel Craig doing whatever the hell it is he's doing. <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, it's, yeah, I'm not sure it works without him. Yeah, no, no, it's it's you know he's got this great comedic chops and uh, which we didn't really see that much in Bond. Occasionally, there's a few moments, but like. A few moments versus like an entire film. Well, again, I think it, they talked about the the influence of of Austin Powers. Like they literally told him, "You cannot be funny in this character." Yeah, although they did slip in some humor to the film. They, they tell me that all the time, yeah. by the way, and I just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it's it's. Um, but anyways, yeah, they, um, it's so nice to see that like the kind of range that he has because he is great at doing uh dramatic stuff uh he seems to also have a very 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 close relationship with ryan johnson like they seem to very like to really enjoy each other's company and he seems to have given uh like the the moment in this like like the moment in this where he's like holly berry that's hot like he came up with that he Hmm. inserted that into the film like you know what i mean like that the character is very much his and he like workshops it on his own which is kind of uh kind of nuts so do you think knives out three could have um Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who's been in all of his stuff, but never quite in one of these. Uh, he was in he's, Knives Out. He's, oh, he was? Was he? Oh, French. Yeah, he, he was a voice. The, he's also a voice in this one, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he might he might be a whole he's body. Daniel Craig's, he's Daniel Craig's voice. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't think I don't think I'd ever want to watch a movie that has both Ever Norton and Joseph Gordon-Levitt though in it because I, I they they kind of I don't know they're just confusingly look kind of alike like they like Peter Weller and Ed Harris on the yeah. same movie I, don't, I refuse <laughs> to see it I I like no those are the same dude 
<laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, Conan. Look, this is fun and funny. It hits a little different than the first one, but not in a bad way. It's very talky, very explainy. But at this point, that's kind of what these are, right? You know, it's very clever. Uh, it's well written with characters that embody pretty heavy tropes. But this is a preposterous mystery farce. It's like the modern version of Clue. So it's a celebration of uh, and sort of like an, an upending uproariously of the mystery genre uh, with lots of stars being stars as an ensemble and Daniel Craig just eating up the screen. I, I laughed. I was entertained. All I was looking for. And I hope that there's one of these every year because I think it's great and uh, people should die angry about it, apparently. <laughs> Amen. Well, we're going to go to the after party in like 10 or 15 minutes, but I'll say disruptors assemble. Disruptors assemble.